a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It is a dark time for the rebellion. Although the Death Star has been destroyed, Imperial troops have driven the rebel forces from their hidden base and pursued them across the galaxy. Evading the dreaded Imperial Starfleet, a group of freedom fighters led by Luke Skywalker, Leia, has established a new secret base on the remote ice world of Hoth. The evil lord Darth Vader, obsessed with finding young Skywalker, has dispatched thousands of remote probes into the far reaches of space. What is up, Bombad fam? How are you guys doing again today? Oh my goodness, I can't believe we're here another week of none other than the Bombad buildup. And this week it is uh, probably every uh, everyone's least favorite Star Wars movie, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, we have a wonderful show for you guys tonight and you know what i'm going to i'm so committed to talking empire strikes back that i actually turned my basement into dagobah earlier this week and just had to get that fixed before the the recording so we're all good now but (laughs) we're all fine here uh let's go ahead and bring in our uh lovely lovely guests i've got none other than mr scotty jero coming in my wonderful co-host scotty how you doing buddy I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm calling in from Dagobah, Louisiana. Um, we're doing pretty good here. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm very excited to talk about this horrible movie, and um, probably regarded as one of the worst of all time. And we've got a very special guest who also loathes this movie. He is always talking bad about it on his own podcast, and he's Hates you can't see him, but he's steadily nodding and and just shaking, like rolling his eyes, and like, like this is getting a little red too. Man. Yeah. He just really threw his rebels like hat off. <laughs> yeah, he's pissed. Jeez. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, stop with the attitude and bring in the <laughs> wonderful Johnny Hoey. Johnny Hoey, John J. Jacob Heimer Schmidt Hoey. How are you doing? Guys, <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, uh, probably next to Dark Fate and the Charlie's Angels reboot. This movie is one of the worst sequels in the history of cinema. But you still have to talk. You you have to talk about every episode because they're connected. So you have to hit Empire, and it's just one of those things you have to get through. So I guess we're gonna do that tonight, right? Yeah. Well, you know, why don't we just go ahead and start the tedious task now? So unless you guys want to talk about Dark Fate, we can talk about Dark Fate. But you know, huh? I just... I don't want to get to it. It's going to be All too right. All right. So, all right. <laughs> Let's be real here. We all love this stupid movie. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Let's not be... We're, we're, the fans must be convinced we're joking or something. Yeah. I don't know. Right. No, I um, mean, the, the de-aging they did on Sarah Connor and... It was just amazing. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, right. sorry. Right. Yes. Sorry. Focus. Laser <laughs> right. focus here. Okay. Right. All right. Right. No, guys, we're talking about The Empire Strikes Back, everyone's favorite movie from 1980. I would say it's one of the best movies from the 80s, but Ferris Bueller's high up there for me. Um, I <laughs> am. We, we got John Hoey on pretty much because John doesn't stop talking about this movie whenever he's on his own podcast, The Resistance Broadcast. That's true. And um, 
there's a lot of really cool, interesting ties this movie does overall as a story, and I am just so excited to get into it, and I, I know Jerry and I have been talking about this movie in particular probably the most privately, just because of what it means to us and, and kind of what it does for the overall Star Wars story, really takes a bigger dive. So I guess I want to start off, John, with you. What does this movie in particular mean to you? I mean, it's hands down uh, my favorite movie of all time, not just my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, you know, it, it is a perfect movie, in my opinion, in terms of uh, not even its own genre being, you know, fantasy, space fantasy, whatever you want to call it. Um, it has everything you need. It has action, comedy, romance, uh, excitement, adventure. Like you can go down the checklist of genres and it's somewhere in this movie. Um, and it's the one, you know, when you're a kid or when you look back on being a kid, like five years old or whenever, when I first saw this, um, you don't remember a lot of your young childhood, but I do remember flashes of watching this movie for the first time with my dad. And it was the first Star Wars movie I ever saw and him saying, yeah. you know, I'm like, dad, who is that guy? And he's like, that's Luke Skywalker. He's, he's the hero. And I'm like, oh wow, what is this? Oh. Like this, this looks like it's, it's real, but happening somewhere else. You know, I remember it stuck with me. So that, that means a lot. And, um. You know, uh, I, I can't say enough about this movie. I'm glad. Um, first of all, thanks for bringing me on to talk about this movie as opposed to um, my, my, my real favorite, Attack of the Clones. Uh, but I, I, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just really excited to talk about it, and I could go on for, for days about how much I love it, but uh, I think you guys get the idea. And if you listen to me on the Resistance broadcast or read me on Star Wars News, that you definitely are probably tired of hearing me talk about how much I love it, but I do. I don't care how cliche <laughs> it is. For my ally is the forced, and that's John's yes, yes. ending, ending sign off every time. No, um, uh, to me, this movie, and, and I love exactly what you said. It's one of those movies that, like, th through just the storytelling alone, it, it has so much more weight than almost any other Star Wars movie. It's kind of mm -hmm. the one that, like, that, like, has the deepest dive into the lore besides TLJ to me. It, it, it's like so fantasy driven and just the things they pulled off with this movie. Like I, I mentioned in the notes later, but this is the least edited movie by the special editions. Like they didn't really touch this movie besides the cloud city sequences, you know? And that's mm -hmm. huge to me. It's, it's just, it's for me from a film standpoint, it's definitely the best crafted and most unique of all the star Wars movies, you know, like right. it's, linear but non-linear and there's so many different storylines happening that makes sense and does not get cluttered at any point it, it's awesome it's really good but um jerry what about you well you know i honestly i'm a little kind of like john like i had a, a similar experience where uh empire was the i remember seeing uh scenes of empire before i saw uh any of the other movies like i specifically yeah. the scenes with uh yoda and luca and dagobah i remember in fact I've, I've talked about it on here before already like how I we, it was on at my grandma's house and like the whole family was over there. They were watching and I was a little creeped out by Yoda at the time because, you know, uh, six year old <laughs> and uh, for some I don't know why. Uh, and, you know, it just something about it stuck with me. And then the only other scene I remember seeing was at my cousin's house. He, it was the the fight on Cloud City oh. on, uh, between Luke and Vader right before Vader takes his hand. And I, just those scenes are burned forever in my brain. And uh, it's the one I've watched the most. Scotty, you said it. I mean, again, me being a slightly a defender of the special editions to a point, to a point, I understand. I understand. Um, <laughs> but it really is the least edited of all of them. Yeah. 
remember when I was a kid kind of being a little disappointed that there wasn't more new stuff because I was a little more like, you know what I mean? Like, I was excited because I'd already seen the original ones. And I thought, it was, I was like, oh, it's cool they added some new stuff. I hope we'll know what they're going to add here, you know? But they just, they really just touched stuff up. Yep. It, it is, it's such a testament. Uh, but no, you know, I mean, you can call it vanilla or whatever you want, but this, this is my favorite uh, of the movies. Plus, I realized when I was uh, rewatching this this past Friday, uh, this is my favorite John Williams score. This is this has the most pieces of John Williams music for Star Wars that I hum the most. Between oh yeah. The I mean Yoda's theme is constantly in my head. Uh, the of course the Imperial March. Right. Uh, there's just so many iconic score beats in this one, and. I don't know. It's Han and Leia's theme. Yeah. That's oh my so gosh. Good. That is like one of my favorite. That's one of the most underrated love themes in the entire saga. Honestly, it's all over the sequel trilogy. Like they're, they, I, yeah, yes. it is. Yeah. they really, which is so awesome because of the whole, like, you know, that's, I mean, that's their son and stuff. So it makes sense. It's, it's really kind of cool. I don't know if they, I don't know. I'm excited to see what they do, what he does in, in rise of Skywalker. But, um, I mean, I'm sorry. I know everyone loves like across the stars from attack of the clones and stuff. I mean, it's a good piece. To me, it doesn't touch this. Touch no, it doesn't. Yeah. But but anyway, I don't know. I that's and again, this is the gushing section. Uh, so uh, there you go. And and John, dude, I'm with you, man. This. When someone asks what my favorite movie is. My brain immediately immediately goes to Empire, and then I have to go. No, 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 no. Something for the normies. Uh, let me think. <laughs> else, you know. So. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you know what? Hey, but we don't we don't hide here at the Bombad Cast anymore, guys. We love Star Wars, and hey, Empire. It's a heck of a good movie, man. Yeah. It, it's well, you bring up another thing about the music. It's kind of got some sleeper hits too. Like I mentioned later, the part where yeah, man. where Han and Luke are you know stranded, and then um, I echo whoever is going to go save them, and it's that music oh, of them yeah. going over the ice. It's just like. They don't really do that anywhere else, right? No, and I was I wanted I so all the music is so driving. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And I really hope the Rise of Skywalker may pull some stuff from this movie, but that's just a pipe. I'm always hoping a new yeah, I was hoping I always hope the new Star Wars film like uh succeeds. Yes. Becomes my new favorite. But there's always stuff in them, but Gosh, even the the asteroid chase, yeah, uh, that's amazing. Falcon and the Tie Fighters, man, that that is one of my all time favorite Star Wars tracks. And I love how they kind of redid it a little bit in Solo. Right? Yeah. Solo two happened. Right. <laughs> 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 had to mention it on this episode. You have to. Come on, yeah. we're avid supporters. It's in, my, anyway. it's in my contract. You have to say it at least seven times. So. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He, I read the clause. It's pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. Get ready for it, guys. Okay. No, I agree. I agree about the about the music without a doubt. Um, and you know, the fact that we're about to say farewell to John Williams in addition to a lot of the legacy actors at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, uh, we'll be able to go back and, and and listen to it all and be like, This is John Williams' contribution to Star Wars oh. right here. Bing to bang. Yeah. And awesome. uh, yeah, I think the music in The Empire Strikes Back is huge because Lucas could have very well been like, Wow, Star Wars was such a success. Bring all those tracks over to the sequel. And we'll that, to make sure that's still success. And they're like, no, 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 we're hitting you with this new theme here, new theme here, new theme here. Darth yeah. Vader's theme that's going to follow him for the rest of his uh, character career, even when we do a prequel that goes before this. And then you're like, where was that track in A New Hope? I don't know, but we're going to put <laughs> no. it in Rogue One, though. <laughs> you know? So uh, it's, nice. I mean, 
everyone knows John Williams is the best. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. Hands down. And there's one thing I wanted to bring up too, but this is not only a great movie and it's really honestly, it, like, like y'all have said, if you were to put it, you know, in regards to film and cinema, it is truly the best one for Star Wars, you know, and right. I would almost say I like TOJ. TOJ did a really good job at becoming like one of the best for Star Wars, but this movie is the the pinnacle of that. It's the most iconic. Everyone knows the I love you, I know. Everyone knows the no, I am your father. Everyone actually makes mistakes when they say that line too. You know, sure. it's, it's so it's so ingrained in pop culture that people often forget that like I don't know. I guess when I was rewatching it, um, I rewatched it today and I took notes on it today, but rewatching it, like kind of dawned on me. It's like, this is just such a huge and small movie at the same exact time in regards to the story. It's not, it's not overall. It's, it's very opposite of what a star Wars usually is. This overall huge implications are incredibly big, but it's not. And I think that's what makes this movie a great movie and a great star Wars movie. And, um, yeah, I kind of wanted before we get into the huge discussion. What makes this a great Star Wars movie to you, uh, Jerry? Why, why, why is this a Star Wars movie on its own versus being a not just a regular, I mean, a fantastic film itself? Oh man, <laughs> um, man, no pressure, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, I don't know, man. Like, just kind of all the stuff we've been talking about, but also, uh, I was just thinking when you were when you were talking about all that, Scotty. This is, I think, besides A New Hope, which A New Hope really kind of changed cinema. Yes, it did. Time, this one really kicked the door open on on expanding the world. But mm-hmm. but that it it also really, I mean, it told a more. I don't know. I sometimes I I kind of like think should you use should you even use the word mature more a more mature story, but it definitely it told a darker story. It told you know again middle chapter. Uh, and there's just, there's just something about Empire Strikes Back that it's, it's different than all the others. And it, I, I know so many people where this is their, like, this is the measuring point of mm-hmm. how good is a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yep. That, that really speaks, I think, to, uh, I don't know, just why it is one of the greats, you know? And, uh, isn't, I'm, I'm trying to think, I, I don't know if the, what's the, the... Uh, I'm trying to think of the the list of top 100 movies or whatever the top movies to watch uh, just of all time, all cinema. Uh, but isn't this isn't this on like lists like that? I feel like it is. Oh, 100. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Totally. This one and A New Hope probably. Um, it's just amazing that I don't know how much clout the second <laughs> of the trilogy gets. You know right. what I mean? It's right. like, yeah. This is the one that ends on like a what's going to happen. It does. Anyway. John, what do you think, man? Well, it set the bar for for sequels. Like, aside from maybe The Godfather Part Two, this is one movie that, yeah, man, for, for all arguments' sake, surpassed uh, a juggernaut in, in its cool. own right. That's a like, good point. Like to think that you have Star Wars, the biggest movie of all time, which changed how movies were created, and then they're like, "Guess what? We're doing a mm. sequel, and it's going to be better than the first one." Um, it, it's amazing, and you know what's funny about it, and what what I think makes it a great movie over time, because we can only look at it from the prism of now, is yep. when it first came out, it did get mixed reviews. It was, uh, you know, um, it 
it, it was like you know reviews would say like it was an adequate film uh it you know we didn't expect it to live up to what they did with the first one and, you know it got a little bit of oh it was a little too different and doesn't that sound mm. a little familiar um yeah, it no. does. It, if that movie was made today in in terms of production, uh, the amount of headlines that would have been created because it would have been like, well, Lee Brackett was the first writer, and then Larry Kasdan came in and rewrote the movie. Oh my God, it's doomed. The big uh, chill. Right, why right. isn't George Lucas directing his own sequel? He must not like it. Uh, you know uh, who is? Who, <laughs> oh my gosh, who is Irvin Kershner? Like who is that? Never heard of him. Like what has he done? I heard Let's he was look just at a his, teacher. What yeah, here's what he's done. So. Uh, it's just it's just funny when you when you look at look at it in that prism if it was around today and it, it you know history repeats itself and you know I don't want to say it's you know the same as the Last Jedi or Last Jedi is better than it because I don't agree that it is but um, it's just that movie that uh, aged even better and I feel like as it goes on and on passes through the generations it uh, it carries that weight of uh, of Star Wars and if it didn't do what it needed to do I don't know if we're sitting here today looking at a seven eight and nine. Uh, so I think yeah. as important wow. as important as A New Hope was, we have to remember that George Lucas independently funded The Empire Strikes Back so that he can do the movie how he wanted to do it, and it wasn't at the mercy of Fox and, and that sort of thing. So uh, him making that move, if you look at how the dominoes fall, really triggered this chain reaction that led us to a franchise that spanned five decades over uh, we tried to make a sequel and it didn't work, and and people remembered Star Wars. That's a beautiful. That's a beautiful summary of of that. Of, of like essentially what this movie did for pop culture, and and especially when you bring up the fact of all the all the. <laughs> I wouldn't even say mistakes, but the the issues that maybe even plague this movie a little bit. It still does not seem that way. And yeah, if you look at it from a perspective of today, it's it would be pretty scary to think yeah. that it was in the hands of, of these people and it did not go as what they expected. And you sit in that theater <laughs> and, and you, I mean, like I've, I even have written later, like the whole hyperdrive not working. That's such a, I accept that everyone, everyone accepts that. But if it would be today, it'd be like, no, that makes no sense. And yes, it's right. just, it's, <laughs> you don't, you, it, it, the social media age has made people far more cynical. And these right. things that happened in the past are, are either uh, torn apart or they're beloved to a degree where it can't be um, ever taken apart in, in, a, yeah, in a regard right. to make it sound bad. I don't know. Like right. your Godfather parallel is amazing, but you, everyone would be like, oh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have think, you know, that uh, they would kill Fredo. Like that would have been a huge thing nowadays. But it's just right. accepted. It just makes sense right. when you watch The Godfather. You don't question The Godfather. It came on 75. I don't know. It, it's, it's really uh, – that's a beautiful point you made. Um, but – in regards to this, in, in regards to this movie in particular, it's just a, uh, it's it transcends you know of uh, filmmaking. It transcends the Star Wars genre. I mean the the collaboration of genre. It when you watch it, it's way more of a romance and Greek mythology. Like I don't know, it it's, it feels ancient. It does not feel like mm. this movie was made in eighty. It feels like if you were right. to really go to a galaxy far far away and see a story unfold, it's. It doesn't have the clunky look of A New Hope. It doesn't have the silly campiness of Return of the Jedi, though I love both those movies. It's this weird, mature, and that was a good way to, that's a good word to use, honestly. It's a very mature movie. It's not, it, not that many aliens, except for the Ugnaughts and Yoda. You know, it's, it's not as, um. I really thought about that, yeah. 
Yeah, okay. it's not. It's just not as uh, serial. It's not. It's it's like a drama, and it's it, it's the the way it's shot is very professional. It doesn't look like it's shot. You know, there's not that many wide shots, and if there is, it's for a reason. It's it's not like a it's not like a New Hope where it's you know a New Hope's a lot of establishing where this movie doesn't do that many establishing shots. Um, mm-hmm. It focuses way more on the character, but uh, I guess we can get into it now, gentlemen. Are y'all ready? The yeah, the absolutely. big discussion, Let's do it, man. Awesome. So. Um, the big question we're going to ask ourselves before this starts, where are we in this chapter? What is the state of the galaxy? So, it has been three years since the destruction of the Death Star during the Battle of Yavin. The Rebellion has been involved in several conflicts with the Empire and resulting with very small wins or losses. The Rebellion has formed a hidden base on the snowy planet of Hoth, but in due time, the Empire will then discover their presence. And Spoilers. Oh, ah, sorry. Um, I hope I, I hope everyone's watched it by now. Um, yeah, we get this opening guys of the Star Destroyer again. Great opening. I think each original trilogy opens up with the Star Destroyer, and all it launches is just some little probe. And then we cut to Luke, and Luke's on the Tauntaun, and it's cool to see him communicating with Han this entire sequence. And you know, it's it's funny that our first introduction is going to be Luke and. If this is Luke's story, if I'm going to be honest with you, like everything is centered around Luke. I know we have yeah. Han and Leia doing their thing and on the Falcon, and it, but the reason is because Luke is going to be the, I guess, the end game of all this. Um, yeah, I think it's a well, great you know, Han and Leia. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say Han and Leia are just that B plot that where they get chased slowly across, you know, space. So yeah, haven't <laughs> learned anything else. Uh, no, anyway, sorry, continue. Please continue. <laughs> No, um, that, that's pretty much what I want to bring up. It's uh, just for the beginning, and you get introduced to the Tauntaun, and you know, Mark Hamill looks a little bit more matured. He looks a little more aged, and uh, I like that Han is still fighting off Jabba, and you know, he hasn't paid back his debts yet. And and the cool thing now is, when you look at these characters, they're more of the heroes of the rebellion. They're not just the you know, Leia has always been a hero, and Han was never a hero, and Luke was a nobody. And oh, that sounds familiar too. Uh, Luke being a no one. Um, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like they got some things right in these new. Oh, never mind. Uh, this is not for that discussion. Um, no, they're all <laughs> heroes, and and it's it's interesting. It really is interesting. It's they kind of it. These heroes of the rebellion are then legends. So yeah, I don't know this. This whole opening is very good. What do you think of it, John? What do you think of just this establishment of where we're at? So I like to focus on your mains, and obviously for this trilogy, it's um, Luke Han and Leia. And yes. I always take Leia as the nucleus in terms of she didn't change. She changed the least from A New Hope to Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. She was already mm-hmm. established. She was the fight. She was the rebellion. She's p- kick, kicks off right here in Empire Strikes Back, giving directions on, you know, here's what you got to do and good luck and blah, blah, blah. Han had to go through a personal growth. He had to realize to not oh, yeah. be selfish, go back to being selfless, how we first met him in Solo before he became jaded and got burned by Kira and that sort of thing. So he's starting to find himself again a little bit, and he's going out to risk himself for his friend. That's something he would never do in A New Hope. Nope. Uh, 
you know, I only care about one person. I only take orders from one person, me, you know, he's not, he's slowly already not that guy. And then you have Luke who's going through a different type of growth where he's discovering his powers and being more mature, caring a little less about uh, looking to the horizon, more of looking inward and trying to find what he's all about. Uh, So it's funny, you have Han and Luke, I feel like circling around Leia in terms of them finding themselves and she's like the rock in the center. So when we kick off here, I feel like that's the pass that they're on. Oh yeah. yeah, good point, um, Jerry. Where where do you feel you're at in this in this opening? Well, you know, the last movie, Han uh, straight up McClunkied Greedo in that uh, <laughs> that little booth there. Yes. So you know, I mean, that seriously, you know, you think about that three years between this and Empire Strikes Back, or between this and A New Hope. Sorry. Uh, gosh, I know we've got comics kind of filling that time now, but yeah, just. Bare bones, just the films. Um, it, it's not. It's a jump, but it doesn't feel like an unwarranted uh, jump for the That's character. A, yeah, definitely. They're just because I mean sometimes you can like it's a real delicate balance sometimes when you've got like personal growth in a character over a few years like, between sequels. Sometimes people can get like you know been on a show. I mean like just uh, here's a Star Wars reference to in order to illustrate that you think about. Uh, Everyone, you know, knew of uh, Cham Syndulla from the Clone Wars mm-hmm. uh, back before the Disney acquisition. Then after the Disney acquisition, like the second uh, novel was like, <clears throat> what, Words of the Fifth? With him, <clears throat> the, you know, starring characters. And then he was in an episode of Rebels and everyone was like, what the heck? What, what happened to all that character development? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's a real delicate balance. You got to kind of like get mm-hmm. here. And they yeah. just... It really, when you look at like the background of the original trilogy, I mean, A New Hope was is an insane story how it got made and how it became. I mean, lightning. You would think they caught lightning in a that you know it was lightning in a bottle one time only, and Pretty then it's back comes out and they nail the characters, nail everything. Just again, I mean, all I'm really saying is just kind of repeating what John was saying. So I mean, Leia again is just she's the leader, she's all that, and and Han and Luke are. They're finding themselves. They are the characters in process. So Totally. But yeah. there is still, even though Leia is established, there's some growth for her as well in this film uh, in regards oh, to making yeah. herself up, yeah. too, you know, to yeah. she's, you know, been at war for how long? And then, you know, this kind of little budding romance between her and Han. Uh, I don't know. It's just just a really, really cool story for all these characters. So and the introduction again, classic. How awesome is it? The second movie, like the first movie, all the characters at the beginning, they haven't met each other. Second movie, yeah. get into it, man. We're buddies. We're all in, you yeah. know, and, and that's just such a fun. That's just such a fun thing to watch. Right. So that's my there you go. That's my two. Cents. Well, this may be Luke's story, but we can all admit in this. Me- and I guess discussing it right here, Han is the best character in this movie in particular. Just the way he. Oh, acts, absolutely. The, yeah. It's just Harrison Ford. Absolutely, just that, like Jerry said, you know, with the production capturing lightning in a bottle, this in particular, his the way Lawrence either wrote him or the way he was directed by Irvin Kirshner, it is absolutely amazing. And I think that's what Solo did with the characters. Well, the, the Solo, I mean, you know, um, the standalone movie. And that's with, with that movie, they really capture that same exact Han from Empire Strikes Back. And, right. um, it was, know, almost, like, it was almost like the same guy was involved with writing it. 
Oh, wow. You would think so. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's nuts. No, that's, but it's funny enough. The movie I watched before I went and saw Solo, I made it a point the night before to watch Empire Strikes Back because I thought, what other movie is going to be I did just that too. like it? Like, what other movie is going to be just yeah. like Solo in regards to writing and feel? Yeah. Sure. Boom, it's this. And, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's just this whole movie, Han is just. Still the character you want to be. Let's be honest. Like I said in A New Hope with Alex, I'm like, you just want to be Han Solo. It's everyone's end goal. Male or female, you want to be that badass. And Han still has that charm and the way he talks to General Riken, the way it's he, he talks to Riken so much different than he talks to Leia. And it's so awesome because it's not what Leia wants, but it's what she needs to hear. It's just, Mm. it's, it's awesome. And yeah, no, that, uh, what, what's up, Jerry? Oh, I was just going to say, if we're going to be talking about that hallway scene, I don't know if we're oh, like, are we yes. there? Bring it up. Because, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, how, <laughs> that is like one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, because that whole banter between them is so brilliant. Like it's, I think I put in my notes, Scotty, that I sent to you that I just put like the Han Leia scene in the hallway is, and I just did like a chef's kiss yeah. emoji. Yeah, thing or whatever because yeah, yeah. um, it's just that whole how there's like people going around them but they're having this like lovers quarrel essentially like right. people who you know like man they just need to like everyone who works with them is like gosh they just need to get it done over with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like like you can tell I love especially that guy who just kind of slips behind like yeah that's yeah that's my it's like he's like no I'm not even gonna pretend like I see this well also <laughs> let, let's not for one second think that Han Solo didn't leave the control room like not thinking Leia was gonna follow him he's like she's oh, gonna yeah. follow me oh it was a total he was totally like trying he was like oh yeah she's gonna watch she's gonna he has he, at my line yes like, yeah dude my dude and how how killer is that last line though when he leaves and that's like one of the I think still one of the funniest parts in Star Wars to me. <laughs> She's like, you know, I just assume kiss a Wookiee and goes, I could arrange that. I could arrange do- that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Each perfect line delivery from Harrison, my gosh. Absolutely. I, that's he, my he, favorite line. He does, he does the Harrison Ford points. Yes. What about you need? <laughs> you know, and then, you know, he's walking out of the control room. He's probably like, what am I going to call her? Um, Highnessness. Exactly. Highnessness. Okay. <laughs> yes, your highnessness, you know? Um, yes. He just, he just <laughs> likes, he, he likes getting her riled up. Like that's, yeah. yeah. He, he likes the competition because she's a strong personality. He's a strong personality. And that's why that, that, that energy is there between them. And both actors, to their credit, make it very palpable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's, it's, and one thing I will say, if in regards to science fiction as a genre and either science fantasy, it's probably one of the best love stories. Like it's written so well, oh, yeah, and it's, sure, yeah, and it's, hands down, and, man. Well, and you think about the seeds it kind of planted in a new hope. Where he's like, "What do you think, kid? A guy like me and a," and then he's like, "Nothing, no, no, not gonna happen." Right, and like <laughs> it's it's cool because this scene in particular, it's like it, you can kind of see it being planted there. And I honestly, when you watch it, you don't think by the end of it it's gonna be the "I love you, I know." Like I, it's it, it's mm-hmm. it feels like this movie should have been nothing but trepidation, and then the the third movie should have been the resolve. But I'm glad we got the resolve of the love in this movie yeah. instead. It's much better yeah, payoff, right. and it makes the end of this movie so much more heavy as a as a I guess as a stakes, story yes. in itself. Oh yeah, and well, one thing I want to get mm. into as well, besides this amazing um, amazing relationship they have, it's kind of a little off topic, but. Echo Base looks incredible. Number one, I don't. I can't believe it. Would this was made in the eighties? Number two, like it looks 
Yeah. On, like, it looks like an on, like, if you were to go find an ice cave and just put stuff in there, it's insane right. how well it looks, especially with the the falcon and then the, you know, like, all the ice things around. It's it's amazing. It's yes, so cool. Absolutely. This, this is the first one in pre- in preparation for the Bombad Builder. I watched A New Hope on Disney Plus after the after the episode came out. Yeah. But this is the first one I watched in preparing for it in, in like the 4K new renders and stuff. And oh man, I can't wait oh. to get this thing on. I think I put that in the notes too. I was like, man, I cannot. Oh no, I just texted you. I said, man, I can't wait to get this on physical. <laughs> yeah. It's going to look yeah. so, so good. Um, they but restored, no, you're right. They restored a lot of the color palettes back to how they, they were yes. supposed to be. Like Han's yes. jacket is brown again. Uh, that's a huge yeah. deal for for anyone who's listening to us podcasting about Star Wars, you know? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's something I've noticed too, John. It's like they, they're back to like before the special editions, the color, the original color scheme, because even A New Hope, like it takes me right back, man. I'm right back in my living room, like rewinding the VHS to watch it again. Right. Remember? Except you don't have to like, adjust the tracking. That's the only difference. Yeah. No, no it's, it's a hundred percent, but it's like, Oh, I can see everything. Wow. There's that guy. I actually noticed watching this. This is something weird. I noticed Whenever Leia is briefing all of the the guys, you know, around that X-wing before the the big, you know, uh, Battle of Hoth, you can actually see. I never noticed you, and maybe I'm just dumb. For you guys, let me know if I if I just am blind. But like you, you could see Han working on the Falcon in the background. I never never noticed. I never that. noticed that. I don't know that I have either, to be honest. Yeah. Next time you watch it, just like look, Han is back there. I mean, <laughs> well, who it is. Right. It's a silhouette, but right. it's it's but someone on top of the Falcon. It's not Chewbacca. Right. Yeah. This is it going to be. Hans right. Let anyone else touch. The right. I, right. I just anyway, that's just again, neither here nor there. Just kind of something I noticed. And uh, you're right, Scotty. It is 100 percent like echo based. Like even in 4K, you can't see you can't see the wires. You can't see the scene. No, it's insane. It's beautiful. And also, I'm amazed at how close they got to it on uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, or, you know, oh, see. levels and stuff. Uh, I had some flashbacks to some campaigns and stuff there. But anyway. And think about, that's a good point, because think about, I like to make comps when it comes to Star Wars movies. Um, special edition yeah. or not, because they did uh, make it look more be- uh, more better. They made it look better <laughs> to uh, preserve the continuity between the trilogies. Um, but right. just like the set alone, go find any other movie that's supposed to be a big movie made in 19, like production wise, made in 1979. And mm-hmm. it won't sniff what they did with this movie. Um, yeah. And again, that's all George Lucas re putting the, the, the revenue he made from Star Wars back into this thing. Uh, you know, thank the maker. That's, that's all you got to say right thank there. Exactly. Yeah, he could have banked his check and, and did a mediocre job, but he's like, no, I want to make the best movie I can possibly make. And he did. Yeah. yeah. He did. And uh, there's a couple little tidbits I want to bring up. Uh, many, I'm, I'm sure we notice it as Star Wars fans that maybe someone who's listening now has never noticed it, but Cliff from Cheers is in it. Um, he is, uh, <laughs> I forget what's his name. Um, I forget his character's name, but we have, and Jerry wrote in his so, show notes, Jerry mentions how many mustaches. John Ratzenberg. John uh, Jerry. <laughs> this is this is Star Wars. The mustache strikes back for sure. Yeah, it's, <laughs> oh, this is full on in the early 80s. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's great. It's awesome. Everyone's and got their stashes from the 70s, but they're longer because they haven't shaved since right. the 70s. Right. Totally. Um, I, one oh, thing, I also said this is like it's like they hired a bunch of college football coaches. So <laughs> yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. No, that's excellent. Um, 
One thing I wish we could have gotten more of, and maybe this movie does it, but just does it so well they never touched it again. Wish we would have gotten more of Han and 3PO's relationship. Like, I wish we had gotten a little bit of that in TFA. <laughs> just because the whole yeah. movie's like, shut up, shut up, turn him off. Right. Like, it's just... It's, I, I think that is his relationship. <laughs> it's just... I mean, he literally covers in, his mouth at one point. Yes. It's like he's a <laughs> droid. Does that work that way? But you, you got to understand. Yeah, I know. I know. I think that too every time. It's like, oh, there must be a sensor. Anyway, man, you can really go down a rabbit hole with Star Wars if you're not careful. Um, I think you, like, uh, you got to think, like, he was, like, totally, uh, like, cock-blocking him, you know? Like, right yeah. Now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, you know, he like killed the mood when him and Leia right. are just like trying to get that kiss and not to skip ahead and stuff. But I'm like, you, you got to think, man. Well, look. Or to TFA because he's like, look, I'm the one with the red arm. You might not recognize me. And he's right. like, amazing. There. Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> if he hadn't interrupted, who knows? Maybe Ben Solo would have had an older brother or sister and that would have changed the whole saga. So, uh, could you, you imagine? Gotta, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. That's, that might have pleased some fans. Right, sure, true. And <laughs> get those, get the twin saga. Anyway, right. well, after this sequence, of course, and everyone's freaking out where Luke is at, and I like that a lot. And you know, Chewie yells because Han also left with him, and I really think it's kind of a cool sequence. And you know, the 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 gate shutting and the music builds up, and it's kind of like this weird little. It, it's it's a great Star Wars thing because it's kind of like making you think this might be the plot of the movie, but it's totally not. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is just a very right. small trial we're going to go through. Yeah. And, um, Luke being trapped in the, uh, Wampa cave is awesome because Jerry wrote in his notes, um, Jerry, if you want to read it about him calling the lightsaber, I think it's a really, really cool parallel. Oh, I never yeah. thought about. You see, yeah, I, uh, I don't, I just, I don't know why I noticed it this time. And I'm sure, I don't know if they were like thinking about this, uh, for, I'm sure they were for force awakens because I mean, what, you're going to look back at what came before. But yeah. what I noticed was Luke isn't able to call the lightsaber into himself until he like, he closes his eyes and quiets his mind. And mm-hmm. to me, it kind of mirrors Ray at Starkiller. She's like getting her butt handed to her because sorry, she's not really like doing that good before she closes her eyes and lets herself, lets the force guide her. Exactly. It's Kylo. And, and right here, and I've made other, I made another point I'll get to when we get to Dagobah uh, about how the force how the force works um, and right. stuff. But uh, he isn't able to call the lightsaber to him until he quiets his mind, closes his eyes, lets the force in. And mm-hmm. that's what Ray does on Starkiller. And I'm getting chills just talking about it. Sure. Well, yeah, trusting the force. Uh, yeah. In, in my head canon, as Luke's hanging there, he's thinking back to what he had to do to destroy the death star and it wasn't exactly. the the meter and getting the numbers and stuff and that's what he's trying mm-hmm. to do is he's reaching like oh i'm trying to reach for the lightsaber and he's like wait a minute all right trust the force obi-wan told me to trust the force he does it and it works and it works yeah. great and and this is also one thing that's interesting Such people a great realize shot. it's one of the first force pools we see like force moving an object to the air i don't think they show anything like that in a new hope do they yeah. it is the first it is the first it's like the first it's it's nothing we, is no, obi-wan doesn't call anything to him yeah. right. and, and and neither does um the only thing vader does is the force choke this is the first time yeah. as a viewer as a as a viewer of the movie chronologically you would see the force pull something towards their hand and then he chops his feet off and then he cuts the wampa's sure, arm off and sure sure I, right. uh, I love that one thing is kind of go back a, just a little bit. I love how R2 as a character, he has his own little arc too. He's actually like in love with Luke, not in a, you know, 
any other like a, like a way that most people would get. But he's like he as a he. He's I love concerned. I love Luke and R 2s love theme though. Yeah, That's, it's the best. <laughs> sure. No, no, sorry. Go ahead. Go um, ahead. It's like a it's a camaraderie and and like you know mm-hmm. Luke Luke really does need R two and R two needs Luke and. And like John always brings up, uh, R two is like the the problem solver of the whole thing, and and the end of the movie oh, he yeah. does he this movie is his movie too, as much as it's Luke's, especially yeah. for saving R2 the R two is, yeah, R two is the one at all times in in this entire saga who knows everything. He holds all the cards. Yeah. Yes, I, like that's that's why he can save everyone's butts, man. Right. He's, like, he's like, dude, I know what happened, and that's why he probably he's probably like, dude, you remind me a lot of your dad. Yes. Kind of, you know, yeah. it's like that, that just oh, it makes it it makes it more real and just kind of I don't know. I really dig that. So. Yeah. No, yeah, without a doubt. totally. No, um, the another thing is when Luke, of course, escapes and he's sitting there in the snow passing. I was about to pass out or die. He sees Ben, you know, and I think this is our mm-hmm. first visual of a force ghost, too. And it's it's kind of cool because as a viewer, you would think maybe it's some sort of hallucination or something, you know, and he's like, go to the Dagobah system. Mm-hmm. There you will yeah. meet Master Yoda. And like, I'd imagine for viewers back in the 80s, if you had not seen any trailers or anything, Yoda was like this crazy cool dude. It's just not what you expect later. Um, <laughs> right. And also, of course, after he passes out, you know, Han taking care of Luke is like another change of character. He goes out in the snow, looks for his friend, ends up, you know, sat, well, the, the Tauntaun dies, but ends up throwing him inside the Tauntaun Well, you know, I think Han builds some sort of tent. It's like... This this change of character is incredible. It's it is kind of like back to his roots and from Solo. It's like he's just cares for right. this person unconditionally. Right. You know, he wants him. It it, it I, I'm, what I'm trying to get at. This movie really does do so much for each character. It makes it makes you believe these relationships yeah. are true and like things have happened in the past three years. I don't know. I think it's awesome. And um, yeah, I guess that that's. This where the uh, this next sequence where the empire really kind of starts to strike back. This this title makes more sense once yeah. once we Wait, have that's the title. Yeah, it's it's starting <laughs> to make more sense. And uh, I guess the the next sequence, which has already been discussed a little bit, it's the rescue and how Han and Luke are rescued by uh, I forget Rogue Two. I don't remember actually. Rogue, uh, Rogue Two, two yeah. is Rogue uh, Two. Uh, hold on, Zev Seneska. Because I had, yes. Hole in my canon junk, junkie logic. I had forgotten the guy's name. Yeah, and it's funny because he's using Wedge's call sign from A New Hope, but it is yeah. not. Again, I repeat, not Wedge. So he um, was was Wedge. I thought Red, Wedge was Red Two in uh, A New Hope. He is. Oh yeah, because he's ro- yeah. That you're yeah. you're absolutely right. He's Red Two. <laughs> this guy's Rogue Two. Rogue Two. All right. Well, you know what, guys? Uh, I'll just see myself. No, I'll stop. Just gonna come <laughs> um, um, no, no, no. Anyway. <laughs> no, the, the, was there any prouder character than this guy when he found them, though? He's oh, like, his I face. found them. Repeat, I've <laughs> found them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it so much, man. Like, like he's like, at a like, cantina yeah. years later, like during the, the resistance era, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm the guy who found Solo and, and Skywalker. This whole thing wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for me, man. I'm Rogue yeah. Two. You're not Rogue Two. I don't believe that. Yeah, man, I'm Rogue Two. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know that's Zebsonesca. Right. Oh wow. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and it's I brought Such it up earlier. Name. The music for the sequence is amazing. It's just so uh, it's very yeah, triumphant. Dude. It's kind of mysterious, and I, I think it should have yeah, a. I can't stop humming it. I know, I know. It's one of those, and you know why it's so humble. And I don't know how much you play video games, John, back in like the early two thousands. But they threw this song in like 
the first battlefront, the second battlefront. They threw it yep. in like all like X. Uh, um, what's it called? What a, a rebel assault. They threw it in like almost mm, every yes. single Star Wars video game, and it's one of those songs. I think like even a, Shadows of the Empire. I think it was in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's one of those Star Wars songs, and, and I'm, we're going to get into this later. But I want to bring up what's the best video game adaptation of the Battle of Hoth. But that'll come later because that's a huge discussion within itself. <laughs> sure, but no, um, sure. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this this one thing though. After of course this happens, you know, Luke's in the back to tank, which is still really. It's almost it's immature, but it makes me laugh every time because he looks so much bigger. But it's the water and the magnifying glass that makes it look, you know, like he looks humongous, right. like a, an He's actual that giant baby. Yeah, yeah, right. He's he a little like diaper. A baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it didn't dawn medical me. underpants, of course. Yeah, exactly. And I know Mark always makes fun of it on Twitter. Um, it <laughs> it didn't dawn on me until this recently, but. The last time the big three hang out this entire movie or they're together was when, you know, Luke and Leia kiss and it's uh it's just it's weird. Like uh. of course R2, three PO, Chewie, Han, Luke, Leia, I mean everyone's there. It's really kinda cool. Yep. Yeah. And then you actually don't get that until maybe the last shot of Return of the Jedi. I don't know. No, 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 they they're on the oh. um they're on the uh, Imperial shuttle the- together. So I guess you yeah, do. Yeah, well, that. and then they're on they're on the skiff and, together too. And, and stuff. yeah, I never mind. I'm wrong. But you, mm-hmm. but you. No, 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 no. It, it's it's when they split up. It, you don't realize that you know throughout the rest of them, they're never going to be back together. And um, right, I think the the Luke Leia kiss. You know, even though it's not supposed to make me feel uncomfortable, it it the one that okay, this is what makes me uncomfortable is is a, the way Luke leans back and puts his hands on his head. He's like, oh yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. That, oh yeah. god, it makes my back hurt. Like it's. He's like, it's funny because he's like, yeah, man, what do you think of that, hon? And it's like, you're over here rolling because, like, did you just kiss your sister? Right. He, 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 <laughs> does the, he, he does the forced yawn like it's not a big deal. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, God, it makes me well, cringe. I, I wrote in my notes that I'm like, a, I said, again, a kiss just awkward enough to not be bothersome. <laughs> But, but <laughs> it's like it's just enough that it's like it's just like the kiss isn't gross. It's not a spark there and no. stuff. Mm-mm. Those 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 people have never uh, you know uh, you know <laughs> which would be like. Can you imagine if they if they did a more passionate kiss? Because that would have been like oh. oh. Then with the reveal oh. of the Jedi, yeah. Would be, Oh man, this would not play very well these yeah. days. <laughs> well, that's why every time Obi Wan tells not to get into Jedi here, but every time Obi Wan <laughs> says the line "bury your feelings deep down, Luke," I keep thinking like, "You mean his feelings for his sister?" I'm like, "No, no, wait, that's not." That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, it's the not best Game of Thrones. Part of this, so let's take it easy. Yeah. No, yeah. no. The best part of the sequence is when right after it happens and Luke leans back, Han goes, "Take it easy," and he like walks it, right yeah. back out. <laughs> right. I love that. It's a. Right. Uh, it's one of those. I guess I say that to my kids too, as a, as a teacher. Take it easy. And I don't. I maybe I got it from this. I don't know. But it's just such a. Take it easy and just <laughs> leaves immediately. I would feel uh, incomplete if I didn't bring up this line um, before we move off Hoth. Um, oh, bring it up. Oh yeah. When I I know where you're when well, I'm going back a little bit here, real quick. Oh, okay. But okay. When Han goes, um, we'll have to go out on tauntauns, and he said it'll freeze before you hit the first marker, and he says, well, "Then I'll see you in hell." Like that yeah. is the <laughs> that is the hero badass line of yeah, badass lines. Like I guess hell is a thing in Star Wars, and he's just like, yeah. uh, it, you know, if that was a New Hope, him and Chewie would have been fixing the Falcon and taking off. But he's like, you know what? 
I'll see you in hell then. I may die to go dude. save this kid, but he's my boy, so I got to go do it. Right. I had, awesome. to bring I had to bring that up. I had to bring that dude, up. Dude, no, no. That's a, Seriously, that's a great nugget to bring back up because, like you were talking about earlier, Scott, you know, he, he does have a change of character, but at the same time, it's a change, but it's almost like a return to if we're going, you know. Right. Uh, you know, chronologically, that's that's how he was. He's he's the good guy who wants to be cool, uh, but kind of fails sometimes. Yes. But, just, yeah, before being just lucky enough to make it look good, you know? Yeah, his whole mission in Solo, a Star Wars story, was he wanted to go back to Corellia to save her. That's what. Yeah. He, yes. That's where he is now for Luke. Yeah. yeah. Han is nothing but loyal, and that's that's right. the reason why he almost left it. To me, that's the reason why he almost left in A New Hope, because, I mean, him, you know, his... Then, his only uh, obligation was to Chewie. Right. right yep. you know? I got, hey, I got to take care of my own. But now he's like, no, you know what? Luke's my boy. He's family. He's my brother. I'm going to go get him. I would yeah. die for that kid. That's why Han Solo that's has an amazing line. It's his own redemption story to find his, yeah, his pure true. self again before being uh, jaded and, and, and scarred by what happened with Kira and all, and all that and Beckett and, right. and what have you. Well, that's why I get so upset. I, I, I don't get like upset, but but when people are like, ah, Han just didn't feel like Han Solo in, in Solo to me. I'm like, Dude, he was that's who Han Solo always has been. Always has been. He's and that whole scene with him and Kira where they again we're dude, we're getting on of course what well, we got John on so we will get into Solo because that's just I honestly think that movie's important to Han's story in this movie too though. It so is it's very yeah. it is 100% important but you you look at the whole scene between him and Kira in that tent on uh uh gosh I'm I'm blanking on the name of the planet so uh, but uh where he's like she's like you're the good guy and he's like no nah, I'm a bad Severine, guy. yeah. Severine, yes, yeah. that is like you know, uh, John. I now dub the the cannon junkie. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 I miss. I, I, you know, I make up names for things on on TRB. So I, <laughs> right, right. I don't, hey, man, that's an act. But no, no. no. Uh, yeah, no. I just like that. That scene to me epitomizes that. It, that is a thesis statement on Han Solo. Sure, so, it yeah. does. It it really is. He is and... He's a hundred percent here in this film. Yes. Well, yeah. One thing that this movie does in particular, too, and not just for the character of Han, it's only it's very weird. It de- it truly just develops the rebellion as a story first. Like for the first 20 minutes, y'all, it is nothing but rebellion. Like that's all it is. Like it's 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 the Han Luke. It's nothing. There's the only thing you see is the Imperial probe droid just occasionally. Very yeah, infrequently. Like Star at the beginning, too. That's, yeah. And that's it. Like it's like one second. Yep. Yeah. And Done. dude. If you think about it, imagine if this had came out today. It's that's a whole quarter of this, and I'm sorry, it's one whole eighth of this movie. Is yeah. this is this opening sequence and like the the Empire does not show up till 20 minutes in, and it's right. it's it's it's, it's, a it's crazy. Choice. It's a very interesting choice because I mean you go from A New Hope, which is legit, just nothing but Empire from the start, and then every other you know Return of the Jedi is the same way. This is the only one that has a 20 minute just. And people would say, oh, this is all filler. We didn't need this, but look at us now. It's the best Star Wars movie. It's just... Do we really need the whole Wampa, you know, storyline? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's aggravating, but um, right. I love the Super Star Destroyer. I know we can talk about that, but I, I don't want to get too into it. That is such a cool well, thing. It, it shows the building of... We got this thing that's a little bit bigger, you know? And yeah, then right, right. right. Yeah. It is a cool Death introduction. Star Returns and Return of the Jedi. Right. It's classic you know, George like, Lucas. And the Stormtrooper helmets are a little yeah. bit darker and the, the mouthpieces and the eyepieces are a lot blacker. It's just the, it's the genius that is George Lucas marketing. 
But um, oh yeah, yeah. No, no it's um, just and you know that's probably why people forgive them not being in the movie for twenty minutes because when you finally go back to them, their introduction is so like banging, like yeah. with that imperial. That's your full blast, the imperial march. Yes, yes. I mean it's such an awesome. Just like we're gonna show you, like just for just to show you how cool these spaceships are. Here's this with this like George the George Lucas. This John Williams track that, like, uh, to use a Twitter term, still slaps. And bigger, bigger, <laughs> bigger budgets, better uniforms. Darth Vader shiny. His voice is better. Uh, oh yeah, just, you know. Well, I, I'll bring Amazing. that up too. The first shot we ever get of Vader is from the back of his head, and then you get to his back, and it's the exact same stance. And I and I'm the the ladies from Force Toast when they were on. Um, I brought this up, and no one had realized this. Maybe John, you might have you you might Nick pick these shots, but. The same exact, it's the, the shot of Vader from the back with his hands behind his back legitimately parallels exactly yeah. what we see in Attack of the Clones when he's looking off in Naboo. And he has his hands behind his back just standing after there nightmare. after yeah. he has the nightmare oh, of Shmi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I think I saw a, like a meme comp, uh, you know, yeah. the pre- prequel memes. I, I live on those a lot more of than course. watching the prequels actually and uh <laughs> when people point those out i'm not the person who does that ever but when people point yeah. those out i'm like wow that's that's not bad george not bad at all yeah no and that i oh, think was rhymes. well it was totally on purpose and i and i, and I do like that i did and, it on uh, purpose <laughs> it's, you guys don't know but i, I had 100 okay go on <laughs> no okay yes sir um so okay. um one thing Goodbye. i love and Jerry, you wrote this in your notes that the force yes. has no range in this movie. It has no it, I, range. And that's like, I mean, we cut, yeah, the, between the whole like Luke and all this story, like we cut back and stuff to the rebels. But the, when it goes back and they've like arrived at Hoth, just that whole, uh, yeah, um, Admiral Ozel felt surprised was, you know, like they came in too close to the system. Oh, it's that, amazing. That whole. Because we saw the force choke in the last one, I I, I still kind of chuckle because in our episode with with Alex uh, last last week, we we talked about how uh, like back in the day, if you're watching this, not seeing any other Star Wars movies, it was like, oh, he's choking him with his imagination. <laughs> but yeah, right. I mean, basically, basically, you know, when you really get down to the nitty gritty, but like just to see him, he just like basically uh, FaceTimes yeah at puzzle and is like, nah, dude. <laughs> Like he does, he just he starts talking. He doesn't even say a word. No, just yeah. like, no lifting up the hand. Doesn't even move his hand. It's amazing. Yeah. No, doesn't even move his hand. He just is looking at him. Does Ozil like it? It was uh, Admiral Ozil, either the most overly confident person, or he didn't know what this dude does to people because he's like, uh, oh yes, <laughs> Lord Vader, the fleet has moved out to light speed and oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like, what did you think was going to happen to you? Don't exactly. he doesn't want an update. What is wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> you did not listen to Darth Frickin' Vader. That's, like, you know what happens. That's something someone says when they're as clumsy as they are stupid, to be honest yep. with you. <laughs> Ooh, zinger. Oh, man. You know, um, it's the mustache. It's got to be the mustache. Yeah. Because, like, mustaches give those guys confidence. In <sighs> yeah. Well, yeah. one thing uh, but, that... But not too much. Jerry always brings up is after that, and uh, I think... He, it, yeah, they haven't been in the meditation chamber yet. So, right, am I right? You know, the, oh, it's right got, before that. It's right before yes, that. Yes, I think. we or, get to the part where Vader turns to Veers, and it's a, it's amazing. It's just so it quickly happens. There's even a shot. 
there's a shot in A New Hope where he kind of does that. It's where he like turns. It's where he says a presence I haven't felt since. Since. Yep. It's really sharply. It's <laughs> yeah. just similar to me. Where like he's like the rebels are there. General Veers like turns around and like Veers is. Right. How awesome! That, I think his name's Julian Glover. Is the name of that uh, sure. actor? Yeah, yeah. He's been on like uh, uh, Game of Thrones and stuff, right, John? I know he's on Last Crusade too. Yeah, he was Donovan in Last Crusade. Yeah. That what a vet, man! I mean, just look, like committing, like didn't even flinch. <laughs> right. Didn't even flinch. You wonder though how many takes they did if like they actually like accidentally kissed Vader's mask. <laughs> right. <one day>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But that's just, it's so close. Yeah. It is so close. Well, no one's more dramatic than Darth Vader. Vader. Vader, oh, yeah. Vader is all about theatrics. Uh, in, in The Empire Strikes Back, if you go, next time you watch The Empire Strikes Back, think about how many times Darth Vader says, good. <laughs> it's at least like six. It's about as many as Anakin says it in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, um, yeah. they're so similar. It's so they're so the same person. They yeah. really are. It's it's, and I think this is the movie where you can kind of understand Vader more as a character too, which can be brought oh, up yeah, later. Yeah. It's it's one of the only movies I think besides Return of the Jedi where the villain actually is a little bit relatable. I mean, the sequel trilogy very relatable, but like the villain in this movie is like, hmm, like eh, he's still evil, but you can kind of see this turn of character, which is really kind of cool because if you know if if this movie is luke's movie return of the jedi will be vader's movie inevitably inevitably um one thing that i wanted to bring up back to the music of this uh when we get back to echo base and they're kind of preparing for this battle of hoth um i never noticed it this time around but there's a very uh poetic version of the poetic is a weird way to say it i'm sorry the star wars theme kind of like um when when han first sees the falcon that very elongated version of the main theme. Um, sure. It had kind of happens very subtly when Luke and Han are talking for the last time face to face. Um, oh yeah. It's, it's very weird. Why you got to do that to me, Scotty. I know you're going to go <laughs> and watch it. You're going to go after this. Your listeners and, and John and Jerry are going to go watch it now, but like it's maybe for like eight bars and then it kind of cuts back mm. to other music, but it's, it's interesting and, um, hmm. it's, it's very different. And, uh, I like that from this point out, you kind of see these parallels between the Empire and the, the Rebels. The Rebels are trying to flee and the Empire are arriving. It's 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 kind of cool. And uh, one thing that Jerry brought up, I love that Leia in this movie in particular is now leading the, the Rebellion in the battle. She's kind of like the hype man. She's like, you know, right. you need to go out there blah, 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 and, and make it happen. Any questions, whatever. You know, it, it's awesome. I think that's really awesome for her character at least. Yeah. Yeah, um, I I don't know how far you want to leap here or or what. So where 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 do we want to keep this right now? Are we still doing the? Are we do? Are we talking Battle of Hoth still? Are we talking? Are we going to get into that? Where do you want to jump into that? I'm fine with that. I'm completely fine with jumping right into it. Um, because and, and I know you want to keep this story based, but one thing I really nerd out about is the risks they took to do green screen filming with white background, oh, and that is. Yeah. Uh, the biggest risk you can possibly take. And I think even ILM at the time and the guys doing the animatronics and stuff like that, were like so nervous about doing it because their, their like namesake is on the line there. And oh, yeah. um, 
And granted, the special edition, and I'm with you, Jerry. I think the special editions are completely vital to the, the these movies still being relevant. Because um, yeah, uh, original version, I get it, purists, I get that. But if you don't yes. update, they should the graphics, still exist, they right? Still if you exist. don't update yeah. the graphics, though, you can't seamlessly watch one through nine and be no. like, this is the same thing, you know? So You're right. I, you know the the transparency in the cockpits and stuff like that, but that yeah. yeah. Uh, Story wise, you know this whole thing. Like I, I love you have Dak as the new Luke in a way. For he's like I yeah. can. Uh, I'd love to take on the old empire myself. By it looks myself, like, I love yeah, that line. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean, and it's like oh, that's a callback to the Death Star. Okay, we'll take it. Um, but uh, you know this whole scene, uh, it, it was a fun action sequence, and the, the creativity of the rebels using just let's tie the legs around the, the hog and let it fall over. Yes, uh, it's very cowboy, and I, I love that. It is. It is, and and uh, like you, the special effects are incredible. You're right, and and the touching them up is is still very good. I watched the Disney Plus version before we got on, and uh, one thing I will bring up, it's one of those things, if you were to say what makes this movie so iconic, I mean, you can say the No, I Am Your Father, you can say um, the I Love You, I Know, but everyone remembers that at Walker's, and remembers that sequence, yeah. and, and yeah. The, the wrapping around the, the legs, and I mean, not that I want to get into it as a full discussion, but to me, there's, there's a couple of video games that have been, you know, that have kind of redone this, and... I don't even know what what would be the best version of it, but do any of y'all have any thoughts on that? I, I think the first one was um, uh, Shadows of the Empire, right? That was the very first like that was one, mine. 3D. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Was it Super Star Wars? Did they have? Yeah, was, they had it, but it yeah, wasn't but I mean, like, I, know that's, I know that's like a side scroller. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, Shadows for N64, you right. were able to actually do the co- tow cable, and if you didn't release it at the right time, you'd screw it up. Uh, yeah. You, you uh. have to fight off the battle droid. So that one, for me, made me the most uh, feel the most immersed, especially at the time. I'm sure if yes. I played it now, I'd be like, wow, this is whack. But right. back then, <laughs> uh, you felt like, oh, I, this is what it was like being in the Battle of Hoth sort of thing. And it's not quite yeah, Oculus, I mean, but back in 1997, it was pretty cool. Pretty good. The, the, you know, honestly, I know a lot of people really, it's controversial, but uh, Battlefront, the last one, or the one that came out with Force Awakens, mm-hmm. uh, pretty, it had pretty good mechanics for that. And again, I'm not, I'm not as big of a gamer as I really used to. I didn't really, I've never really been a huge gamer. But yeah, same yeah. here. I, that was like really smooth and stuff. I play, yeah. I said, John, I know you're probably like me where you're like, if I see something I really like, I'll like make time for it or something. Yeah. But yeah. it's, even then is like, I'm dude, guys, I haven't even finished Red Dead Redemption 2. So just <laughs> uh, that came out like two years ago now. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. uh, I don't know. But, you know, nothing probably has inspired more thrown controllers through walls or TVs or whatever oh, than dude. trying to wrap up a, a freaking eighty-eight. Well, without a doubt. Yeah, at at. Yeah, yeah. totally. And I guess the one thing I want to kind of bring up is the Battlefront 2 from 2005. When that came out, I was... I was very. I was in third grade, and um, it was one of those like, I remember playing this and being like, you can choose what you want to do. You can be a guy in the trench. You can be a guy. You know, you can be an actual imperial moving that at Walker. It was that was the one game for me where it was like you had a be choice. A yeah, <laughs> you had a choice to take this thing down if you wanted to. Sweet. You know, and um, that game for me did the battle off a lot of justice. But um, yeah, you know, I guess if you want to bring back into like. 
um, the Echo Base thing and what's happening at Echo Base. I love Vader walking through it. I love um, oh, them yeah. trying to evacuate. It's so iconic, and I love the snowtroopers. That's an all. That's a design that never gets enough credit. The snowtroopers look so sick with this the mask over their face. It's like the little uh, rubber yeah. looking uh, <laughs> mask. Scary, much. yeah. It's kind of freaky. It is scary. It's kind of like it's a like skull. ghost face. But yeah, <laughs> um, a little bit. But um, one thing I love is right before they take off when when Leia says to Han. About the Falcon, of course. Would it would it help if I got out and pushed? That is like oh my the, gosh! That it's one of those lines that could kind of take you out the movie, but at the same exact time, it actually makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, would it, would it help? Like, let's be honest. And this and Han says it might. <laughs> it might. <laughs> yeah, that's such again Harrison's delivery in this movie of all his lines, so pitch perfect. Right. Oh, classic. Yeah, classic. without a doubt. And it's funny, like, you know, people like we, we like to get real serious about Star Wars. But then this is where I'm like, look, there George put these moments in here for laughs for the grownups, you know, like, yes. hey, let me talk about something earthly. You know, hey, you got a boyfriend, cute boyfriend. Right. Or like, yeah. hey, you know, I'm push and stuff like it's always been there. It's just, oh, man, I know delivery is, is 100 you know, percent part of the, well, the but I don't know, that, it's such a great line. Such a great. The uh, after this sequence, of course, and I don't mean to speed through it, but. Everything after this is kind of where it gets nonlinear and it gets a little, you know, right. mixed up. And and I'm sorry for our listeners. We might be jumping back and forth, but we're going to try to stick it to just sequences and how the sequence would happen chronologically. Um, the escape from the Empire, you know, and they, they fly out into space. And one thing I want to bring up because this, I mean, everyone says the Falcon's a character, but no one brings up the Falcon's best movie. This is the Falcon's best movie. The The plot is around yeah. the Falcon, not getting to where it's supposed to be. And sure. I would argue this is the Falcon's, as a character, a the best movie for it. I mean, you're in it the whole thing. You, it's kind of like if you've ever seen The Hateful Eight, you're, you're in that cabin with all these characters. The Falcon's just like that. You, you get to see where a lot of the layout is, where yeah. the c- control desk is now. You kind of understand it more as a character. It's, it's, uh, it's the MacGuffin, too. Yes, it is the MacGuffin. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Great point. I forgot Vader's looking for it. And I love that after it takes off Vader, like, you know, you see his head follow it. And you're like, oh, that's kind of cool to think that, oh, yeah. right. you know, yeah. that his, his his grandson one day was, you know, would be in the it's, – it's, it's, if you think about it from a Skywalker saga point of view, it's pretty <laughs> nuts because it's it's still an object of interest, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, anyway. the – what's up? Oh, I was going to say, Han, just again, this is the epitome of Han Solo flying by the seat of his pants and uh, yep. try, finding finding solutions. It's like Michael Scott, I start a sentence, but I don't know how it's going to end, so I just keep going until I find it. That's Han Solo That's Han Solo navigating through space to get away from Imperials. He's like, uh, I, I saw it, I saw it. Uh, Star Destroyer is right. coming right at us. Uh, let me try to hide with the garbage. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, w- I wonder if Han Solo ever you know, tried to get like a come up with a, a prize for Chewbacca for like you know the work day like called like a mine or like the mines yeah, so, yeah so, right i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. actually it's just an industrial elevator sir <laughs> right we, we bring spice up in it right anyway, yeah sorry no um the hyperspace uh, i'm sorry the the lack of hyperspace is awesome because that final moment when it does happen the empire at the very end of the movie is very satisfying because you you don't so see it the whole movie you don't see the and the stars launching it's uh right that's just like TLJ. It's 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 one of these like well hyperspace is an issue sub- subversion of uh, expectations, right? Uh, yes, uh, let's bring it. Not up to again. harp on that. We're, I don't want to harp on that at all. But, but like 
you're you're right. I never thought about how you never really go to hyperspace in this one. Like even Luke when he's flying to Dagobah is just like, yep. yeah, it's just like it. what four weeks I'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know the 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 thing surrounding hyperspace uh, and it it being reactivated is uh, surrounded by the relate. You know they can harp on the relationship between 3PO and R2 because 3PO is just yes. sitting there doubting R2 constantly. And he's like, what are you doing? Come over right. here and fix my leg. I need to stand up and stuff. And R2's like, shut <laughs> up. I got this. Like, yeah, just <laughs> shut up. You know, like in beeps, of course. And then when he right. gets it going, 3PO is his biggest fan again. So it's just like that, yeah. that, that relationship is uh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's huge. That's huge. And, and, this sequence in particular with the asteroid fuel and what Han's doing, I know it's going to get brought up again, but it's just like Solo. Make Solo 2 happen. It's just like yeah. you you see it. You understand the character of Solo because he's to con- he's confidently trying to get himself out of a situation, though he does not know the outcome. It's just that yeah. character. And and there's very few like that in cinema because everyone – the big thing now it is, though, everyone's got a plan for everything. And, and this movie does it in particular where – you know he doesn't have a plan, and it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, just, never tell me the odds. is uh, how, yeah. how good is that line? It's oh, amazing. That is, then, oh, gosh. Well, I love that song. When they're going through the asteroid <laughs> field, I think one of the best musical cues in all Star Wars is when the Falcon goes up, mm. and then it comes back down. Uh, and I'm trying to think of how it goes now. I, I can hear it in my head. It's, the, it's like right then, before it yep. dives. Yeah, right? it's such a good cue. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's amazing, but... um. We then move on to, of course, our Dagobah introduction. And I still think the crash from the X-Wing into Dagobah is actually very good. Like, it's pretty convincing. It's very old. It looks like it would be from, like, a very early, like, 50s movie. It's, like, yes. shot of them, shot of window, shot of them, shot of window. Right. It's it's not very Star Wars, but it's still kind of – it's it's kind of Tarantino-esque if you think about it. Um, or, like, but a no, callback um, to, like, Lucas's uh, affinity for World War II movies and, yes. and that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yes. It's not uh, – It's and then it gets goes into the mud, and it, it's, it's kind of cool. Right. Um, yeah. And – this is one thing I remember in high school, me and my buddy Landon, we always joked about the the Luke and R2 thing. And I love how whiny Luke says sounds when he says it. R2? Oh, yeah. R2! Yeah. It's just... Yeah, right. <laughs> I feel right. bad for Mark. <laughs> because you got to think, as an actor, Mark is literally acting with a puppet and a and a, a stationary robot with someone inside of a it. garbage Could can. You, everyone's like... <laughs> I mean, Mark, we love R2, but... For sure. Like, you think... Everyone's like, Mark Hamill's not the best actor. Like... Dude, look what he had to go through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, crap, I say. And, like, Mm -hmm. then again, he's acting with David Prowse later in the movie. Or No, was it? It was the stunt uh, coordinator, I think. It wasn't even David Prowse in the uh, suit, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, they may have uh, switched on and off depending on which uh, long shot, short shots, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Right. But regardless, it's... This whole movie, Luke is talking to inanimate objects that have voices inside of them, but it's not the same as acting with a real actor. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, the uh, uh, I think Jerry brought up in his notes. I think it's kind of funny about the giant monsters. Well, like just (laughs) I, you know, we we look at a New Hope, the big like creature thing, which it was the the cantina, which uh, we're trying. Everyone's trying to recreate that now. Yes. Uh, Oh yeah. You know, which I love, but uh, you got to think. You know, John, we wouldn't have uh, Mr. Jacked Fish or uh, <laughs> or uh, uh, there's always a bigger fish yeah. uh, out if it wasn't for, like, the space slug especially. Right. But, but even, like, the wampa. Like, we didn't really have – I mean, the dewbacks yep. were 
have been the original, but like they really brought them out in in the Rontos and yeah. the special. Yep, right. But this was the one that was like, no, dude, you, you guys don't even know. There's like giant mm-hmm. monsters out here. It's crazy. Yes, it's crazy. right. Lucas's brain is what a what a what a crazy wonderful place that must be. <laughs> yeah, right. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man. Between the space worm, uh, which yeah, you know, is obviously someone's hand in a oh, it's nice great. cool puppet. Yeah. But um, the swamp monster that uh, gave R2 a hard time, which like reminds me of uh, the Dianoga who oh, swept yeah. up Luke. So Luke maybe had some like right. PSD, PTSD flashbacks of getting sucked maybe. under the swamp in the trash compactor, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, he, George likes to repeat those beats, but sometimes it's to make characters uh, empathize with uh, their counterparts, uh, which makes it a yeah, little more totally. important. Totally. And, and to me, you know, in regards to the, the, the set that is Dagobah, and this is a little bit more behind the scenes again, but the, the, the Dagobah set is like unbelievable. Yes. Like it, it, that yeah. looks like it was shot in the Everglades of Florida, just with a lot more right. fog or, or in, or in, uh, I guess a different parish in Louisiana. Like it's, it's crazy. It's, it's right. so convincing and, and apparently when they were doing the, the actual set, like the water had sat there for a very long time for like 40 days and it started to like really smell funky. So it like, yeah, I'd imagine a lot of it was realistic. The authenticity. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, no, the, I think it's one of the best set pieces. And then of course we pan, we go back to, we kind of cu- intercut the story to like the inside of the, the, they don't know they're inside of the, the they're, they think they're inside the ashtray, but they're inside the belly of a beast. And, um, right. It it kind of uh, it kind of goes it kind of shows that chemistry between you know Han and Leia there and it's it really is just so good it, it's just so it, it gets me so excited when I watch this movie because a lot of people can look at that and be like oh he's creeping on her but he's not like it's there she she goes in for the kiss she doesn't back away she doesn't mm-hmm. cl- yeah. she closes her eyes she enjoys the kiss which is like a huge thing for me because if you look at it with 2019 lenses you can think oh no this is this is gonna aged well but it's not that bad you know like it it, to me and and i don't know how y'all feel about it but uh it's she embraces amazing again like yeah well it's amazing like we said and we already said it in a new hope but it's amazing how the the character of han it can be like back in the 70s and 80s could have been played so uh, you know quote unquote like you know slapping butts and you know yeah uh, really sexualized. He's, he's very, it's, it's amazing how well these characters again, hold up. Uh, yeah. we've been talking about that this whole movie. The, this trilogy is just, uh, it's just amazing what they've achieved. And so, yeah, right. yeah I think he, uh, it's just, well, it's still, it, it's yeah. He, Han, like with anything knows how to walk the line and it's, yes. you know, she, she falls into him and, and he says, she says, get off me. He says, don't get excited. And she says, yeah. yeah. Uh, being held by you isn't enough to get me excited. He says, sorry, we don't have time for anything else. Interpret as you would like, Leia. Like, right. uh, um, but no, I think it's, um, a perfect scene. I think it's, um, it's their it's their combativeness just kind of yes. dissolving in front of our eyes while they're still being combative as they're getting closer and closer. Uh, I'm a nice man. No, you're not. And then they kiss. Yeah. Like she's still disagreeing with him, but she's meeting him halfway. It's not this yes. way or that way. They're meeting at the middle. And um, then C-3PO, as Jerry put it before, C-block the heck out of him. And there you go. <laughs> yeah. Pardon me. <laughs> no, no, but it's true. And, and, it's just an interesting scene because there's 
it shows the character development. She kind of she doesn't give in to him, but you know they they are in love, and the way they bicker each other. That I mean, I remember fighting with my girlfriend for the first couple of times. It was never anything real. It was just we're arguing little things back and forth with each other. It's just kind of it's interesting. The moment. It, it, she- the moment she followed him out of the control room on Hawk, yes, you knew she it, loved him. Boom, she knew she loved yeah. him, yeah. and the music and yeah. everything. Why well, put up with it? Yeah, I she, she wasn't. John... She wasn't worried about the cause. She was worried about him. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And uh, I want to hear what you feel about this. Now that I think about it, um, there's a line that says that is stated in Empire Strikes Back, and it's by oh. C3PO. And he, hearing John's opinion. Because I know how you feel about it on your show, and I have a very similar feeling that you do, and I think Jerry might be the uh, James Bainey of the group. But um, it's, uh, <laughs> sir, I don't know what your ship learned to communicate, but it has the most peculiar dialect. So how do you feel about that line? Uh, yeah, I, I, lo- I look at it in a vacuum. Um, okay. Because I, I, I'm not a, an L3 fan by any stretch, and I'm the biggest you know, solo fan in, or out there. Yeah. Um, I f- I feel like that that character was a little bit of a misfire for me. Um, yeah. But you know, to each their own. If people love it, I'm not going to be like you stink. You know, because uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not an a hole. But um, yeah, I, I I think I find it interesting when he says peculiar dialect. That makes me think not basic. And L three spoke basic, so yes. it's just one right. of those things that uh, I like fans being able to enjoy connecting things. And I'm not here to say that's stupid or you shouldn't do that. <laughs> and then while I may look at that as uh, I, I separate it because I, I see as L, L3's part of the Falcon is pretty much her GPS, not yes. her psyche, her personality, <laughs> right, her, right. her sass. Um, so I, I just look at it like that. Um, when people are like, is Lando going to mention L3 in episode nine? I cringe a little bit because he didn't <laughs> in five or six. So so he blew up the Death Star with the Falcon in six. Wouldn't you think he would say, good job, L3? Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, I like I like continuity. So I'm a big continuity junkie, like you're a canon junkie, yeah. Jerry. Um, there you go. So I, I, I'm whatever about it. I, I, I don't draw hard lines because I think that that's... That, that takes away from the enjoyment of this for everybody, including right. the person Absolutely. drawing the hard line. So uh, that, yeah. that's where I am with it. it. It's it's its own thing in a vacuum. If people want to make the connection, that's cool with me too. Because Larry Kazan was part of writing that, and he was part of writing this, and that's right. better than better than anything I could say. So yeah, well said. But you know, John, what's going to be cool in in Rise of Skywalker's when when uh, Lando <laughs> walks into the cockpit of the Falcon, and he just he all he's going to say, all he's going to say, "How you doing, girl?" How you doing, old girl? Something like which can be then. Then you can very uh, interpreted with that, right? Yeah. I I I don't know. I, I yeah. Are again. you saying Are you saying that would be satisfying, Jerry? <laughs> to me, <laughs> Here's it the would be. Uh, I don't know. Lord we have JJ here. Can JJ? You know. Uh, uh, hey Jerry, it's JJ. Uh, we Hi, want JJ. you to be satisfied, JJ. and uh, I just feel like uh, you know, I can't really tell too much about it. I just, I just, I just, I just really hope you enjoy. It. Okay. All right, bye. I have to agree with uh, Mr. Holy, or I mean, I'm sorry, Mr. JJ. Um, uh, yes, it's very, very uh, um, satisfying, like a like a like a Coke and a Hershey bar. Yeah, you want to be satisfied, and uh, you know, I I just can't wait for you to see it. Yeah, I'm gonna go get some new kids. All right. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, you're welcome. Um, you this kind of funny enough with the br- bringing up of JJ and George. Um, 
that article had came out about them meeting and talking about what they're going to do with the Rise of Skywalker. And, of course, you can only think that Palpatine was brought up, right? I mean, let's be honest. Oh, the, the, sure. Yeah. Like, oh, and, man. And, the one sure. thing, John, I don't know if you had the opportunity to listen to the episodes previous to this. Our one with, uh, our one with Pete Fletcher was, uh, dare I say, incredible. But like, Pete, <laughs> Pete loves dare Palpatine, I. and Pete, like, deep dives Palpatine, and like, just like you do. And I know you love Palps, but sure. The thing is, the overarching story we've been discussing has all been manipulated by Palpatine and what he's done, and. We get to the scene mm. where we are actually introduced chronologically to the character of the Emperor. And um, the first line he says to Vader, and of course Vader's kneeling before him, he says, um, he says, I sense a great disturbance in the Force. And right. the, the, it's the son of Anakin Skywalker. And then uh, Jerry, of course Jerry will bring it up in a second, but he says, Vader says, how is that possible? And do you right. think... Do you think Vader was being coy because we know that he just saw the first, you know, he saw the lightsaber in the comic and it made that connection. And Boba Fett was even like, you know, it's a kid named Luke Skywalker, you know, yeah, and right. breaks the glass. I don't know how, uh, I don't know what y'all think of that. What do you think of that, Jerry? Because th- you have a strong feeling towards this, I'd imagine. Well, that, that is one of the best, like that is to this day, the best like couple of issues in the new comics. Mm-hmm. You know that for one thing, the whole fight between okay, I got to be careful because I'm gonna just like deep dive. No, no, bring it up though. But like, no, like you know, Luke goes back to Obi Wan's hut and stuff, and Boba Fett follows him there. Which I know we we all know Boba Fett's overrated, but (laughs) he's pretty cool in this comic book where he's stationary but just moves in the panels. Yes, but no like Luke fights that and then Boba Fett goes back to Vader and says yeah all I got was his name it's Skywalker right and just that whole all these panels of Vader just standing there and Fett standing and then he finally just like walks away because Vader won't say anything and then the glass on the Star Destroyer Ooh, still it's good such that was whoever came up with that visual um, that is one of the best visuals in the new canon uh, all time yeah sure. Makes sense with this scene for sure because you Vader, he I, he's totally playing coy. He's like, how yes. is that possible? Right. Emperor himself says, uh, "Search your feelings. You know it to be true." Yeah. What I found was interesting though. I I I had the question whenever I watched this. You know, Vader knows Luke is his son before Palps tells him, but does Palpatine know that he knows? I think so. Palpat, I don't know because I, I can't really. To me, it could go either way, but just the way, like, you know, Palpatine, he's the, he's the guy who, on the, the dark side, who holds all the cards. Uh, R2-D2 is his exact opposite, of course, you know, equal, um, in the, no, sorry, uh, but, I don't know, what do you guys think, do you think that, you think old pal, Uncle Palpy knows (laughs) that, uh, that, that's his, uh, that he knows that's his son. Uh, I mean, I guess he says it, so maybe that's a stupid question. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he. Yeah, I mean, the, he says the son of Skywalker must not become a Jedi, so he he knows mm-hmm. it's his son. But yes. what the the most interesting part of this exchange to me, if you believe in Palpatine and Vader believing in the rule of two, is mm-hmm. uh, three is a crowd, and Vader yes. says. Uh, oh, yeah. If he could be turned, he could be a powerful ally. And Palpatine's like, yes, he would be a great asset. Uh, right. Last I checked, 
three is one too many. So who's, yes. who's leaving the island? Who's getting voted well, off the island here? Well, so you know, I found that to be the most interesting part where they're both kind of playing yeah. chess with each other. Right. Where Vader's like, he could be turned. Palpatine's probably like, yeah, I'll kill you and use him because he has real legs and arms and stuff. And yep. Vader's probably like, well, I'll get my son and then we'll kill you. And they're just kind of right, having right. that Sith chess match because loyalty doesn't mean anything. So yeah, uh, that, yeah. that part I, I find uh, the most intriguing. Well, this is yeah. where. Well, you know, you, you got to wait until. Oh, sorry. I was going to say you got to wait until uh, Disney Plus comes out with the special, special edition. <sighs> and he, they right. add the line where they're like, you remember Asajj Ventress? Right. <laughs> and she was kind of cool. So let's just let's do that. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> one thing that would that should be brought up because it's a lot of foreshadowing. It's a line. He could destroy us. And it's it's true. It's it's not that it's. Luke that destroys him, Luke does lose. Luke mm-hmm. loses in Return of the Jedi. And that's another thing that people don't right. want to admit. Everyone's like, Luke's his big hero. I don't know why they ruined him in The Last Jedi. Luke straight up freaking lost. Like, he yep. beat Vader, but Palpatine was way too strong for Luke, and it's obvious. Yep. Yep. But he could destroy us. And it's funny because that is what Palp says to Vader. And you get Vader, you know, Vader's like, uh, Obi-Wan can no longer help him. And that's where you see where Vader's mindset is as a character. And you see where Palpatine's yeah. worried about the bigger picture and, and all Vader's worried Palpatine's about. worried about that relationship yes. there, right? Yes. Because right? he knows Anakin. Oh, like, yeah. Front and back, man. Yeah. He's like, well, Obi-Wan can't help him, you know, and then uh, Palpatine delivers a line, the force is strong with him. And uh, right. the next response was, the he will join us or die. Master, right, yeah, and it's right. cool. Yeah, right. This movie in particular, <laughs> it's the first one you see besides Tarkin. You see Vader have to like really like kneel to someone and obey someone, and it yeah. just it makes Return of the Jedi's I guess conclusion and and setup way more satisfying. This huge you know beast of a man can can uh, this, this robotic man can be you know an underling to someone and you'll see why right. later it's, it's really, it has a right. really good payoff too. Empire Strikes Back does a lot of uh, seed planning that most people want to acknowledge it for, but it really yeah. does. Um, you know, I think that whole sequence is I think amazing. Between all, sorry. All I was going to say was, you know, we talked about, uh, revenge of the Sith being one of the ones to look at for like what's coming. Yes. Story threads, excuse me, that are going to be tied up in rise of Skywalker. But I think this one is another one where you just like look at these kind of like little things underneath. Like I think there's a lot in Empire too. Oh yeah, what's going on there? Completely agree with that, Um, Then we get, of course, introduced to Yoda, and we're on Dagobah, and um, I love this line. It's it's Luke has that feeling, you know. It gives him the creeps. This place feels very familiar, and it's kind of like Ray on Octo. And it's kind of like the island she sees in her dreams. It's it's really kind of right. cool that they parallel that in, in each sequel to the, uh, I guess, the previous one before it. Um, and I will say this, too. Crazy Yoda is my favorite Yoda. The mm, ha! Oh, and, like, the way his neck extends yeah. out. It's just... So good. It's testing Luke's patience. And, and, you know, Luke is so naive. And I love that they get across that. And... and you can see there is a giant character change from Luke at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back to Luke at the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Very, very different yeah, characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, it doesn't happen in the movies. It happens off screen, which is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Or, or I guess the, the sequence that leads to that change happens in, the, in, in Empire Strikes Back. Um, mm-hmm. This line, too. 
I, I forget it, and Jerry and Jerry brought it up in his notes too. Wars not make one great. It parallels to mm-hmm. me. Oh yeah, that's when they're back in the hut and stuff. Yeah. yeah, Yoda's Yoda's past life, but Luke's current life. I mean, it's a huge thing. Star Wars is the title of it, you know. And maybe the Rise of Skywalker right. will will dive into it. You know, wars make not one great. I mean, not wars not make one great. That's a huge right. line, you know. And uh, to me. To me, that really kind of speaks to Yoda's arc as a character. I mean, if we're, again, if we're going chronological, you look at Yoda in the prequels, we, you know, typical Jedi. You know, he was like the best of them. Yes. But, you know, he made mistakes, and uh, he's he's not perfect Yoda in, in the prequels. And then no. here we go, the middle of his arc, um, you know, still learning. You know, wars don't make one great, but... You know, he's still got to kind of come to that uh, realization of, I don't know, where he is in, in The Last Jedi that, you know what, failure's okay. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so, which is, gosh, I don't know. Yoda has a really cool arc in this day. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the humbleness that a Jedi needs to have that it's hard, yes. it's hard for humans to harness, especially if you're someone with his power he's the most powerful jedi ever you know yep. uh saying wars not make one great is in other words saying like i could have won all the wars over my millennium on uh in this galaxy but um you know that doesn't mean anything uh no. what, yeah. what, what matters is you know you know the the um outwardness not the inwardness and how you think Beautiful. uh so um i think that's his first like way of trying to like bang that over Luke's head like it's not your resume it's it's who you who you are uh that's awesome man. right yeah. yeah it's beautiful um one thing I want to get into for continuity's sake because I, I actually never realized that John that you were a continuity freak um does R2 recognize Yoda is that uh. because they they go they go to um the wills I mean they they travel at the end of it. It's one huge thing. And he really, I think he even calls him R2-D2. Like, I think it's brought up. I, I, I wonder because... Wait, wait, wait. You, you're saying Yoda calls R2-R2-D2 in the... Oh, sorry, did I just miss something? No, but no, 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 not. No, 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 not. And Empire Strikes Back, he does call him R2-D2 in Clone Wars, that final arc before the series of quote-unquote oh, unquote, ended. Oh, okay. Sorry, I... Gosh, I had like a... Inception there for a second. No, it's okay. I, I yeah, I, I don't want to be negative, Nelly. But <laughs> if I if it was up to me, and I know Lucas had to do it for the sake of um, up oh, there goes my camera, well, for the sake of uh, <laughs> tying people in and bringing people in for the prequels, I would not have had R two or three PO in yeah. the prequels. I know that's yeah. a hard choice, but. Uh, yeah, that that is our choice. I to me, I'm just like you know what. I think I've said it before. The droids are like with art with uh, Yoda and Obi Wan not recognizing. I I know like Obi Wan dealt with him more than Yoda for yes. one thing. Obi Wan was probably playing coy, and they were probably they him and R two both because R two no. I know people get hung up on the R two never told Luke anything. It doesn't really bother me because. Yeah, I mean, R2 is like, again, he holds all the cards, you know? He knows what to tell when he needs to tell it. Right. Like, you know, Yoda, uh, droids are like the iPhones of, uh, of the Star Wars galaxy, guys. I mean, they're, they're, you get the new one, and then the next day they're like, here's the next one. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. two uh, models ahead of you now. Right. Yeah. Yes. So it's just, they're like, they change droids like crazy. So yeah. I, 
know, I just, to me, I'm just like, you know, maybe he recognizes him, but like, I think Yoda was just kind of like, oh, yeah, this, this guy, I'm going to make, make a scene well, Kenobi too. Like I don't remember ever owning yeah. a droid, and like it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it makes the original trilogy tough. Um, it does. And Luke, I you know, yeah. like I said Lucas had to do it because he's like, I'm coming back, and you know, I can't bring back you know Han, Luke, and Leia because of you know the aging element. So I have to bring back evergreen characters. How do I wedge them in? And he's like, I know, I'll have Anakin build C three PO. I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, right. And that I was the prequels, little... you know. Like, Right. I'm allowed to make fun of the prequels. Someone who hates Star Wars is not allowed to make fun of the prequels. I can exactly. make fun of them. <laughs> exactly. No, no, man. Hey, there's a lot of love for the prequels here, but there's a lot of like, there's so much clunky stuff. And in it's, those. Okay. it's okay. It's okay. Yes. And Guys, okay. we can, we can make fun of Star Wars movies. Yeah. It is okay. Star Wars makes fun of itself. Yeah, it does. This is this is how it used to be before the Twitter before the Twitter times. Before okay? the dark yeah. times, yeah, before the social media. <laughs> well um well one thing I want to bring up too, and and this is this is a little off the topic of what y'all were just saying, but it's it it plays into it a little bit. Yoda as a character is goofy, 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 doesn't take himself seriously. Then it's such a cool change of character. His face is like, can I train him? Like I can't, you know, you need patience. Oh, yeah. You need it's patience. Too. He it's keeps, so cool. he says patience maybe before that scene happens three or four times. It's like patience. Oh, you need patience. It's going to take patience to get, and then it just, boom. The Jedi just time to eat as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, well, one thing I love is and people never bring it up, but Yoda literally asks Luke, why must you become a Jedi? And the only reason that Luke brings it up is completely selfish. He goes, well, I, my dad was a Jedi, you know, like that's literally yeah, all he says. He's right. like, it's, right. it's right. into the family you, business. Right. You don't care about yeah. the greater good. You don't. And, and it's, it's obvious as a character and you will later, but right now you don't, you're selfish. And I think it's right. beautiful because that that selfishness is paralleled in the cave, you know? He finds himself within the dark side, which, I mean, that's... I cannot wait to talk to you about that, John. But um, that frustration he's having completely parallels Anakin and Attack of the Clones, or Anakin yeah. and Revenge of the Sith. There's so much more anger in him, and even Yoda brings There's a lot of anger in him, just like his father. And, um, uh, he, and he's like, no, no, I know I'm ready. I'm ready. And he goes, ready are you? What knows ready? And uh, <laughs> this is the best line. This is still oh, one of the best yeah. lines that no one brings up because this is what makes TLJ, and I don't care what anyone has to say about it, one of the best Star Wars movies for, for this scene in particular. When Yoda and Luke talk again, Ryan Johnson throws in this exact line. This one, a long time I have watched. All his life as he looked away to the future, to the horizon, Never his mind on where he was. And that's, and they honestly, it's so crazy. I want to get a shot for shot pull up now, but it's he, Luke's looking off just like he is in that one scene, like kind of looking down. And then that's where he goes, knock, hits him on the head. And he doesn't do it in Empire Strikes Pokes Back. Him with this cane. But yes, yeah. then, but it's the same thing. He looks back down. And I think it's such a beautiful parallel. Shot for shot, yeah. line for line. It's, it's amazing, and it's yep. You see it later. Luke goes into back back into Luke's old ways, and then that real yep. big character change happens when Luke ends up on crate. But that's that's for a different right. episode with our friend right. Bill Sheehy, <laughs> and I, it's, yes, that's sir. the guest nice. for that one. I didn't mean to give it away early, but t- stay uh, tuned for that. Uh, Scotty, spoilers <laughs> in this no, episode, man. Come on, <laughs> spoil, we'll put a spoiler warning at the beginning, but. No, what do y'all okay. feel about that? I mean, Jerry, it's it's such a 
incredible line because it happens again. So I don't know. What do you think? Do well, you know, um, I'm gonna probably blow both your minds because um, for some reason, my entire adult life and and you know childhood watching these movies. I'm just now realizing that he's talking about Luke in that scene. And I always thought he was talking about Anakin because I just, I don't know if I never oh. heard him right saying this one. Yeah. Because it makes right. so much more sense. I mean, I always thought it made sense because I thought he's like, oh, your dad, yeah, a long time. Because he just was talking about, you know, I want to be because of my father. Yeah. All his life as he looked away to the horizon, you know, it kind of applies to Anakin. But yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, so you guys, real real time, well, um, um, sort of real time, time travel-y stuff, you know, <laughs> podcast, whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just now getting that that was Luke, and wow, that is that's perfect. It's heavy. That's all I got to say about it. Well, well, John, what, what do you think? about you? <laughs> it make, you know, a lot of people's favorite shots in, in Star Wars uh, history is Luke looking at the twin sons uh, on right. uh, Lars Homestead. And if you add knowing that Yoda is watching him as we're watching him, uh, it makes it all the more interesting. Ooh, Ooh. John, hit him where it hurts. That's beautiful. Because if, yeah. if you really want to take a step back, <laughs> you could say we are watching that, that sequence from Yoda's perspective, too. Right, Damn. right. Ooh, yeah. that's beautiful. It's, it's, <laughs> but it's true, though. It's like this... This character, Luke, is, I guess, a reason why everyone identifies with Luke. Because as much as we can enjoy this moment right now, us three hanging out and talking, or the people listening to this moment, you know what's on your mind, and it's the rise of Skywalker. Every human being has an innate ability and an innate uh, want to think about what's happening later in life and what you can enjoy mm-hmm. later, right. especially when it comes to things you love like this. And it's only human that Luke feels this way. That's why Luke is such a... a, a a, a character you can relate to. It's beautiful. But um yeah. it's it and then of course you've gotta be like Yoda though. You've gotta be in the moment. You've gotta be able to yes. like, to get through it, this that, and and handle it's it. A, it's a Yeah. It's it's a life lesson, you know, to be in the moment because like they say, you know, you never know what's gonna happen today, right? You can get hit yeah. by a bus or whatever. So it's you know, yeah. in, enjoy, you know, it's mindfulness, uh a, exactly. a modern modern technique. Like enjoy taste your food, enjoy your sandwich, uh don't think about your your work meeting in two weeks, you know. Try to live right. in that moment because you know, you will look back and be like, wow, that was a quick ride. And when you're at yes. the end of the line, and hopefully for most of us, it's very further down the road, you know? But yeah. right. uh, it, it's a life lesson right there. And, you know, our mortality is a very intriguing thing to all humans because we don't know what happens next. And no. when, when, you learn, yeah. when you learn these lessons in these movies, it, it helps draw us in and, and want to relate to it that much more because we, we define ourselves... Uh, we see ourselves in in those themes. Uh, exactly. And yeah, it's. I did not to get too philosophical with it because we're talking about uh, Frank Oz's hand up a puppet's ass, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's, though. It, it, it's That's it's a wonderful. It's it's a wonderful uh, thing that connects all humans. Well, yeah, you you bring up a beautiful point, especially in regards to to wanting to finish and enjoy your sandwich. It's it's cool because the only time when Luke looks to the horizon and he accepts what he just did and he realizes he's in the moment is when he dies. It is his moment of death when he mm. fades into the force. It That is the moment, I oh. believe, when Luke just accepts 
what he just did. He no longer has to look to the horizon. He has exerted himself. He has saved the resistance. He has inspired hope. I mean, it's it's Luke's journey, and I, it, I not that I, I can't say the word hate because it's too strong, but anyone that watches TLJ and doesn't get at least a fraction of that out, you know, they all think, oh, Luke dies, it sucks. But no, he dies for a greater cause. He learned this death from Obi-Wan. He learned it from mm-hmm. Yoda. He is just like his masters before him. He has finally achieved um, Zen. He is, he is, he is, um, or Nirvana. He is fully in this moment. And, and sure. that is, that is when he passes yeah. on to the next realm. And we don't know what that is. And, and, and it kind of goes into this next part of the force where Yoda says, you will be, you will yeah. be in regards oh, to him being scared. Oh, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. And, and, and I guess this kind of drives on the point that empire strikes back is, the movie for the force and, and TLJ is the movie for the sequel trilogy for the force. It makes the force so much more of a, of a, not just a story thing, not just a power, but this way of life and this way of understanding the life around you. So yeah, let's, yeah. uh, it's a full on character in this. Movie. It is, it is Jerry. Yeah. Um, do you have anything uh, to also, say about by the that? Way, Scott? Oh no, I'm sorry. Well, no, I was going to say, all I have to say about that, Scotty, is I'm thinking I'm going to have to go cry now, uh, the, the way cool. you, you know, Luke there. So, <laughs> No, you know, and again, look, we want to be like welcoming to everyone, whether you like Last Jedi or not. You know, we're all Star Wars fans. Of course. But, uh, Sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, no, dude. No, no, no. no just, I, I, I get into it. but I was going to No, oh, dude, because no, you know I'm in the same boat. I love TLJ. But, but uh, all I was going to say was uh, you're absolutely right that – there's just, I don't know, there's just, there's so much in that moment. So, uh, yeah, good It's beautiful. Good but, um, I agree, yeah. Not to jump over into the next thing, but uh, we have the part where they escape from the asteroid and they shoot the ground. And I think, you know, not to say there's a filler scene in this movie, but this is the only scene that's like, you know, the, the Minox scares them. And it, it's, it's one of those, like, we got to get from point A to point B scenes and I like that he shoots the ground and it does a very old fashioned thing with filmmaking the tilting of the camera and everyone acts like they're tilting oh, yeah. and then, and I love yeah. it. It's very shake and you guys pretend like you're gonna fall. Right. But that doesn't happen in any other Star Wars movie either. And it looks believable, which is actually kind of strange because when you see that in like Batman or you hey. see that in old stuff, it looks like garbage. But sometimes simplest sometimes simplest is best. It is, and it, and, it, and it, even if Irvin Kershner was like, to the right, and they're all explaining to the right, you know, like it's like what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had to have like been a directed. Like alley after prom. It's so convincing, and I don't know if they have tweaked it since, but it's actually pretty good. Um, and like I said before, it you the Falcon is another character in this. They all get back in the Falcon, and they get up and yep. they launch out the mouth of this beast, and it's it's biblical, it's interesting, it's it's uh. It's one of those scenes that often gets overlooked, but it's it's another one of those scenes is all no, it's not often overlooked. I'm sorry, it's often riffed. I mean, everyone's got their own version. Family Guy, The Simpsons, Robot Chicken has their own version of the of the the puppet reaching out and almost trying to eat the Falcon. Yeah, so, you know. Yep. Um, yeah. I guess to kind of jump back into some more force heavy stuff, um, we've got Luke's training happening in this sequence, and I actually for our listeners and for our two hosts here. Um, I bundled up everything with Dagobah after this with the training. So, um, just follow along, I guess. Um, 
the dark side cave stuff is great. That comes a little bit later. But I love that the beginning of Luke's training is all physical at first. And it's just Yoda giving him advice. And he's testing his, his ability to jump and move. And he might even be using the force when he does it. I don't know. But um, a very important line is stated here. If once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. So we know this parallels Anakin. That's a, that's, we see that. Straightforward, we see that. But it can parallel Luke's life a little bit. But I'm curious to hear what y'all have to say about Ben Solo's life. Because he's trying his absolute hardest to go to the dark side. And every time he does, it's just like a nope. You know, finding the dice, killing his dad. It's just, this is, I, I, it's what I'm looking for the Rise of Skywalker the most is what the hell they're going to do with this character. And how is he going to either be redeemed or become further evil in his ways. But anyway. Um, you know, John, you can go ahead and, and feel free to go. Lacey's not going to be on, on here until uh, uh, Waken, so you feel free to, <laughs> to say whatever you wish there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think the – not to take us too far away from Empire, but as far as Ben Solo's concerned – I think I, I mean they opened the door for his redemption by reintroducing Palpatine. Palpatine uh, until that yeah. ha- until that happened, I thought it would have been moronic to because who who is he defeating at that point? Who's the big bad? They already mm-hmm, wiped right. out Snoke. So when you in reintroduce Palpatine, you kick the door open for uh, Redemption Avenue, and he's gonna you know walk through it. Um, I, I still think he's going to die, but that, I think that, that that's part of the destiny that Yoda might be talking about. He may have already sealed his fate in a way, but he exactly. he, he, he doesn't have to. J- just because there's an endgame there, it doesn't mean uh, how he gets that endgame is written. Um, so, right. yeah. yeah. Well, we're still in we're still in the middle of Yoda's arc when he says this, right? So it says, "Forever will it dominate destiny." He's just he's in the midst of the darkness right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. After Return of the Jedi, we see no. Okay, this. There is possibility yeah. and stuff. And then you've got, again, paralleling to TLJ, uh, failure of the greatest teacher. Yeah, so, sure. That's huge. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. Well, so. th- this is one thing is, of course, like I said earlier, you can totally say that's Anakin's life because it is. I mean, he he went down that he killed the uh, Tusken Raiders. He then, you know, went and killed the Jedi, and it just all went down from there. But if you were to relate to Luke's life, Luke not not does he he doesn't really live and he doesn't he doesn't dive into the dark side but it's cool to think that through what he does the mistakes he makes leads to the dark side then being reborn again in Ben Solo. So it kind of does relate to Luke but not to the extent of which, you know, it's like Anakin or even Ben Solo. Right. Yeah, uh, and a- a- Anakin was uh, an obsessive person. Yes. Oh, he he yes. obsessed over Padme so much so that he would do anything to save her. That's what led him to the dark side. Now he's obsessed over finding his son. Uh, yeah. And he'll do whatever it takes. So that that is carried over throughout his whole life. I don't fi- I don't see that in Luke. So um, no. I, that's that. And that's obviously why he didn't end up turning. But um, yeah, the, the, just the, the obsession factor in Vader slash Anakin's personality seem to always be there and i don't know if padme is the one that sparked that or whatever but um obviously we see it carry through the most here in empire when he's searching desperately for luke skywalker yes right but well one thing i want to bring up is too is the dark side cave because the dark side cave is like yoda says a place that's strong in the dark side of the force and 
one thing that I think is interesting because we see that Ben Solo does go back to this dark side cave and that whole yep. sequence is cool with Ben Solo because it shows him his fears and shows him things he's scared of, but he destroys the dark side cave. Now I don't know if that's an act of redemption or if it's an act of just, he is, you know, he might be so mm. fully engulfed in the dark side. He can destroy it. I don't know, but I think that's his that he you know he's got that temper and that he just can't bring himself to 100% look in his parents' yes. eyes and like yeah. destroy them. Well, hmm. well, until until Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Come and to he, think of but it. He still can't, yeah, right. But he still can't kill his mother, which I hope is touched upon and yeah. unfortunately it might not be, but I Gosh, hope it's, is... I hope it's taken and 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 dealt with in its own weird way for the rise of Skywalker, but I I'm whenever I watch actually before I give you my opinion and before you all look at the notes and read it, what is your interpretation of Vader fighting himself? Uh, I'm sorry, Luke fighting Vader, but it is himself. What? Do, how do you interpret it? Because I, I with with of course the lenses of the, I'm, I'm looking at this from a way different analytical point of view than I ever have. How, how do you interpret it, uh, John? Like in particular, that whole I, I, look and feel. I, to me, it's just kind of um, if you choose the path of fear and, and the easy way, this is what you'll become. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he thinks he's fighting, you know, Vader, and then the mask bursts and he sees his own face in there. It's like that could be you if you ah. follow that same trail of breadcrumbs that your father followed, even though he doesn't know it's his father. We know. Doesn't it, know know. it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's one of those things. This is what you could become if. One of those types of things, like you, you like right. um, I don't know, like not like a, a Christmas Carol or so. Like this could be your future, you know. If you you know this, you keep going this way, Scrooge, that type of thing. It's yeah. always that like this is your life and or a wonderful story, whatever that movie is, a wonderful life. Yes. This could be it if, yeah. if you don't yeah. change your ways, type of thing. Um, so choose wisely. I think it's just that one of the, that that uh, like a fable. Like you need to learn. It your is lesson, like a fable. Sort of it's thing. biblical yeah. too, and it's own weird right. Yeah. It's it's yeah it's. Yeah. It's kind of um, like I said. It, it's it's very mythological and it's very much like old Greek or old ancient storytelling. Jerry, what do you what do you think of it? You know, just I don't know. You can do one or two. Th- I think the main thing again is what John said. You know, it's like this is if you're not careful, this is it's the dark path that Yoda talked about. You know, it it can this can be you, but you know you can also retroactively say it, I think what we as star as big sweaty nerds like to do. Is we like to go back and go like, oh, oh, it it was his father, so that's what it was saying. Like, oh yeah, yeah, he, you know. yeah. But but I think when you look at these kind of scenes, like the only other one that we really have that's kind of comparable, I feel like is in TLJ that mirror cave. Yeah. Um, I not careful. You can start, and I'm not to poo poo anyone's theories, but the whole like you know, oh, there's a lot of her, so it means she's a clone. Maybe. Maybe. The the whole point of these things, the force isn't showing you. Here's kind of a weird, obscure, artsy-looking thing. It, like, it, it's it's more of like here is this is what your inner conflict is. Mm-hmm. First, That's beautiful. This, what your future could be. Right. Yeah. The 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 force is more, and I don't know if we can just uh, go to Scotty. What I was talking about, uh, I kind of wrote down, which it, it can lead us into the X-wing uh, later on here. Yeah, definitely. But but talking about how the force. Force is not a superpower. Like we, no. we like to think just like, you know, it's almost like a I know people kinda of make fun of like, oh, it's like a video game, you gotta have this many points, you gotta train for this long. 
But it almost seems to me like the more I watch these movies, and even, I mean, it's established in the original trilogy. It, it's not, Luke's not training to, like, it's not like, okay, now you do X, Y, and Z, and, and that makes gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. lift a rock. Yeah. It's basically like, dude, you've got to, like, get yourself out of your head and believe that you can do anything. It reminds me, and again, uh, here you go. Let me get on my soapbox here, and I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, preach to you guys. No, I should <laughs> No, but there's there's a, a passage in in the Bible that talks about you know like faith. You know, you, you could say to a mountain, "Go throw yourself in the sea." Yes, and it'll have, have enough faith. That's almost to me what the force kind of it's is true. Like, because look at like anything you can do with it. It's like you're. It's really, and this can almost get into video game territory. It's almost you're the only uh, uh, borders that you have with the force is what your mind tells you you can't do yeah mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. more like to me it's not like the force is not a superpower again and we, they talk about you know uh the jedi being a religion right uh but uh, you know it, it's not a superpower it's the the force is faith kind of like well faith you that said I can luke do this i can lift this thing i can i can bring, yeah. bring this up yeah yeah it's getting outside yourself and and trusting uh anyway uh tangent over so there you go. No, no, but like like you said, um, Luke in particular having this this moment of in, in the cave with the Wampa, um, he had to close his mind and, and and feel for it and make it happen. Open himself up. Yeah, yeah. to allow it to. Ha- you are going to go through this physical, like, exhaustion and stuff yeah. to get your mind to the point to where you can go like, no, you know what? I'm just going to believe that I can lift the rock, and you can lift the rock. Right. Uh, but anyway. So that's where I was. It's believing in the force. It's like, you know, in in a new hope, uh, Luke saying to Han, you don't believe in the force, do you? And, you know, Luke always kind of, I felt because Obi-Wan said was like that other father figure. He believed in the force in a sense. And he just had to learn how to understand it. Uh, It's like Indiana Jones and the leap of faith, you know, walking out to the invisible, invisible bridge. You have to just, you have to take that leap and, and believe in the process, believe what it is. Well, if, if you don't mind, I want to tell you my interpretation to the scene because, like you, like you, the sweaty nerves that we are, you can say, "Oh, it's because that's his dad, and that's him, a little bit of him inside of his dad." I took it in a little bit of a similar way, but but it's different. I think the sequence really parallels Luke's life with dealing with temptations. This whole thing's about dealing with the temptations of you. You see, he touches the dark side. He taps into it when he cuts his father's hands off only to realize he's just like his father before him. If he does what he does, he sees the metal arm and that the robotic arm he obtains in his own father. And this is another beautiful part that happens. How does this affect his future? You know, him slicing off the helmet. He has that moment of thought in TLJ before he does even make see before he even does it. It, 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 it. Like he says, it comes to him and like a fleeting, um, what's the exact word? Like a fleeting shower disappears. It's it passed like a fleeting shadow. Passed like yeah. a fleeting shadow. That same thing is that touch of dark side. Luke's always going to have it. And he is the one that ends up creating the Vader of the sequel trilogy in the end. You know, he ends up being the one that makes the, the dark side uh, reappear and awaken in this young boy. And yeah. I think maybe that's what it might parallel as well. It can parallel his father, his past, but it can also parallel the, the future of him and what might, what is going to be the outcome of your temptation to the dark side. And like Yoda sure. says, 
go in there, don't bring your weapons. And he looks kind of like, well, yeah, right, dude. I'm going to bring my weapons. I mean, it's dark yeah, side. The first thing he does is, yeah. <laughs> There's snakes in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think this is where I can kind of get on my soapbox. He creates his own future. And, and the future, and if you think about the Skywalker lineage, the future of the Skywalkers is now Kylo Ren. And he is the reason for creating that. And I think it's, I think if I were to take it and, and write my own story about it. I think that's what the dark dark side cave would mean to me as a viewer. Um, and y- you know, oh. I, correct me if I'm wrong. So I, I could be, does Luke ignite his saber first when he encounters Vader in the cave? Yeah. Or is, uh, yes, he does. Yep. He does. He it's, you hear it ignite and he brings it up and then Vader brings his up. Because that's exactly what happens. Uh, we'll get to it in a bit. I guess on cloud city is Luke yep. fires yeah. up first and Vader's like, oh, okay, yeah. I guess we're going to do this. We're doing this. Yeah. A <laughs> um, little bit of that look into the future thing, man. It yep. is. And, um, that's, that's so Luke. It is Luke. It is so Luke. That's so Luke. Sorry, I'm having flashes of that so Raven. <laughs> um, it's true, though. He he ends up being the bane of his own existence in the end. Um, yep. Um, then we get, of course, it ends, and uh, it's never really discussed by Yoda, which is kind of interesting um, with Luke, right? I don't think they talk about it, do they? Or like, isn't it no. kind of brought up? Or no? Okay, I have no. I really don't remember now. Um, but we get to the part where it, I think it cuts back to Han and Leia, and then it's him lifting rocks. And I love that Luke lifting the rocks is very zen. He like figured it out. And the part that changes him though is the lack of concentration in the X-wing. You know, it starts sinking, and it ruins him. It ruins him from not really going deeper into the Force, which is what what he needs to do. Mm. And uh, of course. You know, he says he can't do it. You know, I can't do this. I have to, yeah, I can't, right. I can't lift it up. He tries doing it and he's not contrary. He's like closing his eyes and doing it. He's not right. like Jerry says, he's focusing on it. You can't focus on it. You just well, it's do the, it. It's the, it's the lightsaber in the snow. It's the same yes. exact thing. Yeah. Same exact yeah. thing. Yeah. That's beautiful. Wow. It's the same exact thing. And uh, that's something I have in my classroom. I have it's almost like quote. professionals wrote this movie or something. Yeah. Right? It's almost like they're <laughs> storytellers. Um, <laughs> But that do or do not, there is no try. It's, I, I, I don't preach mm-hmm. to my students in Star Wars language. I work at a Catholic school. I can preach to them in, in faith. But, like, above one of my doors, it says do or do not. There's no try. I mean, like, you, you, you say you, I'm gonna, you need to go home and study. I mean, that's, you're going to either do it or you're not. I mean, there's not going to yeah. be a trying. You can't try anything. you got to right. do it. Uh, it's right. in the moment. Trying it is something you might think about doing. But doing it is actually the act of doing it, you know, just like yeah. looking to the horizon. Um, now this, so I love the, so I love the, the subversion of that in rebels though, where he's like, what, that makes no sense. How can I do something? <laughs> I'll try it for <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a great moment. They learned it at the end of that episode. Kids, we won't get into that. Right now. Yeah, John, I don't mean to like take over and make you read something, but I want you, I have it in the show notes. If you have it in front of you, I want you to read the, the lines that Yoda says to Luke during the, the speech. Cause I love this speech. It's, this is. If I were to do a top three favorite moments of Star Wars, this is in my top three. I don't know which which one it categorized, but it's the it's the size matters not speech. And I think. Oh, it's yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. One of my favorite quotes in here. Uh, size matters not. Look at me. Judge me by my size. Do you? Hmm. Hmm. And well, you should not. For my ally is the force and a powerful ally. It is life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us. And binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. 
here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes, even between the land and the ship. It's it's amazing because Dude, you you became Yoda by the end of that. Sorry, that, yeah, that's, that's you did it. The, the way you delivered it was perfect. But but you got to realize this is so fundamental Star Wars, and you yeah. you can credit to Frank Oz's delivery. But that puppet, you don't you when you watch it as a viewer, you don't go, "What a silly, stupid little puppet talking." You're like yeah, you're right. like. Whoa, you're sitting there and you're yes. like, Yoda is talking, guys. Yes. This is yeah. Star yeah. Wars. This is what makes these films great. This is why you love them. My grandfather loved this movie. I remember talking to him about the scene. You would lean in and be like, this is really cool. Like, this is just... It, yeah. This is Star Wars. But for the, the sake of storytelling, I want to flip it real quick. This is what Luke does to Rey on did TLJ. Same, yep. word for word, you know... No, focus, place your hand on the ground, feel it. And then, right. you know, she's like, I feel the force within me. And you see it. Life creates it, makes it grow. It's energy. It surrounds us. It binds us. Luminous beings are we not this crude matter is such an incredible right. line, such a good line. But you have to feel it around you, okay? You, it's between yeah. you, me, the rock, the tree. It's just, mm, I love it. It's so, it's such a tasteful way to like make it sound like it's a bigger part of you, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. But what do you feel about it, Jerry? Why, why, why this scene? It, it, to me, it's the probably one of the best scenes of this whole movie. I don't know. You know, just, I mean, you guys have really said it like pretty much, I don't know what I could even add. It's just, it, <laughs> it's, this is quintessential. It's like you're saying, Scotty, it, it really is. And it's really cool how this touches so many generations. Like so many people, uh, just really look to, I would say, look to this, even this moment here, like everything with Luke and, and Yoda and Dagobah is just, uh, like you, like you said in here, you know, magical. Yeah. Um, and it just, I don't know that the whole thing about him lifting the, the X-wing out of oh, the swamp. God, that, that was such oh, a, and I mean, now, insane. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so good. That Yoda theme is, is magical. I remember like the first time I, I remember going to Disney, I went to Disney world when I was three and then I, I went again whenever I was in high school. And, uh, I remember like hearing as you're walking into Hollywood studios, the Yoda theme mm -hmm. wow. and that just, it transports you. Right. Like I mean, no matter where you are, you're, you're on Dagobah, you're, you're watching Yoda. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. The ship there. And it's cool. You know, we've seen stuff that's like, oh, we've seen maybe stuff that you might consider more visually impressive. Yes. 1980, when all you've seen is Darth Vader imagining he's choking someone and then actually, like, <laughs> choked. Um, you know, it, it's improv. No, uh, but no, <laughs> we here we have a little green Muppet, not to pine on that, but lifting this huge ship out of the swamp. And, bring, and it still it still looks pretty good. It doesn't. Oh, sure really hokey at all like yes it's, it's just again uh, a testament to to george the team at ilm mm -hmm. uh, john williams the dream team man yeah dream team but um so, oh, what's up john i was just gonna say sometimes if you look at uh, some of the best movies of all time you know the less special effects you use is oh, sometimes yeah. the better way to tell the narrative because jaws right. jaws is the greatest shark movie ever and there's been plenty of shark movies since with better special effects and it just goes to show you that you don't need to have all this crazy bells and whistles nope. to deliver a scene like like that. It's true. Yeah. And and the thing about this scene in particular for me, it's just like 
It's overcoming the impossible. I mean, this dude literally, and I think it's one of the only shots where you see Luke standing right next to him. And it's like up to Luke's like middle of his kneecap, like I'm sorry, middle of his shin. Like he's such a small character. (laughs) You don't get the perspective till like right there. And like, it's, he lifts an X-wing out of the water. It's this, and it's deep in the water. (laughs) It's not just sitting there and it's overcoming the impossible. And I think Luke doesn't understand overcoming the impossible until he then transfers himself to crate, you know, and he's then on this whole different planet. He's, he's, he's in two places at once. I think the impossible in star Wars is always answered to the force. And maybe the impossible outcome of Luke of, of, of Ben being redeemed that Ray sees with him is definitely not impossible. It's, it very well could happen, you know? And I think, uh, I think it's going to take a lot of things to happen for that redemption to occur. But in regards to this scene in particular, if you don't believe in it, you fail. You know, that I, right. I, I don't believe it. And then the greatest line ever, that is why you fail. And then right. we can right. jump back to TLJ. The greatest teacher, failure is for this reason, for this reason. Is because you don't believe in it. If you're going to believe in it, at least learn from it if you do make a mistake and if you do fail. Sure. And it's yeah. and Jerry brought this up in his notes. They, it's not a superpower. It's faith. It is you believing in something that might not exist, and it's you just putting your heart and pouring yourself into it. And 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 it's Luke doesn't believe in it. He doesn't. He's you, not invested. You don't. You don't learn how to play Mike Tyson's punch out if you have the code to the the final Ooh, fight. You're right. You <laughs> are. You need to fail. Faith. You need to get knocked down oh. by Piston Honda a few times. Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. And and I mean, I know I'm kind of going off here, but it's like Luke Luke doesn't understand it. And a lot of people, maybe I, I've seemed to have forgotten. I thought immediately after that scene ended, he gets on the X-Wing and leaves. But he has a little bit more training. And then we get this reveal that there's Mm -hmm. such things as force visions in Star Wars. And he says, you know, he's lifting the R2 in the crates. He says, through the force, things you will see, other places, the future, the past, old friends, long gone, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it breaks his concentration. And he's like, I I saw a cloud. I saw a city in the clouds. And he's, he's, all my friends okay. And he says, difficult to see. Always in motion is the future. Yep. And that's Attack of the Clones. That's Revenge of the Sith because they thought they had their shit figured out, and they didn't. Obviously, yeah. they didn't. It's true. It's 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 almost hard to watch these movies and not see this overall connection because it's humongous. And I'm I'm kind of rushing through it, but we get Obi Wan back as a Force ghost, and you know this next line is beautiful, and I think. I hope Yoda says it. I don't. I didn't write down who said it, but it says, "Remember your failure in the cave." Now, yeah. I want to hear. Yeah. I want to hear interpretations. How did Luke fail? Because I don't. I can't figure it out. Maybe one of you can convince me. Because I don't know how he failed. Because I don't think he failed. I think he well, realized something. Mm-hmm. He well, he took his wet. You know, to go down there. Uh, I don't know. I think you could probably argue that he may have not even seen Vader ah. uh, down there without his weapons. You know, he could have. Who knows what he could have seen? But like that, he chose to. Uh, and not just that, like, oh, weapon's bad. It's just, just that he's like, he it, it, he doesn't trust himself and he, he's fearful. And, you know, again, fear is the path to the dark side, yep. as we found in the prequels. And uh, uh, also, again, he's impulsive. He ignites his saber first. He strikes a killing blow. Yep. Which 
there's anything we learn in these movies. I mean, yeah, a lot of we kill a lot of Sith. They're our speciality, but also uh, uh, Luke doesn't win Return of the, in Return of the Jedi until nope. he turns off his saber and throws it away. Mm-hmm. Says, yep, I'm not gonna be like you, and that is and still even sticking true to his character in TLJ. You know, like finds a way to help, but still keep his stance of I'm not gonna play your game. Mm-mm. I'm gonna turn it on its head. Right. Freaking love that. It's beautiful, yeah. man. It's That's beautiful. a good point. Yeah. What do you he think, John? Written, he may have written his own vision. I like that way of looking at that. Um, yeah. Yoda saying, setting it up by saying, uh, strong with the dark side, uh, uh, a remainder of evil it is, like the, the mm-hmm. cave. So, and, you know, people have their theories on, you know, what happened there or why it is or whatever. So what I think whatever Luke encounters there, it, there's a tinge of darkness there. And Jerry, to your point, mm-hmm. maybe if he doesn't bring his weapons, it's a different version of the dark side, not necessarily combative. Uh, it may be something more like what Anakin saw uh, in yeah. Mortis, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe his aunt and uncle, you know, saying like, why'd you let us down? It, or, you know, It could be you, something, a uh, mental I, torture. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, like yeah, Ezra seeing his family uh, via <laughs> rebels in the yeah. world between worlds. It could be a lot of yeah. things, but I think his failure is he didn't uh, have trust. He he, he went yeah. in with, without trusting Yoda, giving uh, telling him to just go in there uh, and encounter it. Don't don't try to manipulate the situation. So his failure was his fear, and because of his fear, he tried to manipulate the situation instead of just encountering it and experiencing it. So I think that may be his failure. By trying to manipulate the situation, that's what got Anakin in trouble in the first place. He tried yes. to manipulate his situation. He, he well, ex- yeah, Dude, that's beautiful because you got to think about it. If it wasn't Again, for those dreams, yeah. that's so Raven sequence, if he hadn't seen <laughs> those dreams, he, he would have never acted upon those impulses and tried right, to right. do what he did. It's, it's amazing. And, and there's one line that I want to bring up that Obi-Wan does say, I cannot interfere. You know, he cannot join. And that is you, Luke, you decided to go when you are not ready. I cannot interfere. That is your right. that is your dumb decision, and it ends up costing Luke at hand, and it ends up causing the rebellion a loss, and it's a very small loss for the rebellion, but for these characters that we love and grow with, they it it's one of those it's like it's like Infinity War, it's over, you it 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 ends on a note where you're like oh my god like what a downer you know it's yeah <laughs> it's you know it's funny as I watched that movie with my mom this summer when they came up to visit and they're about to come back up next week but it's funny because we got to the end of that she was loving it and she goes. Wait, that's the end. Where's the? It's <laughs> <laughs> funny, but yeah, it's yeah, true. you're 100 right. It's well, true. Look at, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now these lines may not wind up in the Rise of Skywalker, and I, I apologize for de evergreening this episode for you guys. But <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um, you know, <laughs> Luke saying this. this is your fight. Uh, that's his way of saying, you know, well, maybe we're, he's saying this to Ray. We're assuming this is your fight now. Uh, I can't interfere. That's a, oh, another way yeah. of saying that. So it makes me think Luke's not going to be popping in as a Force ghost and like no. saving the day. So um, it's it's that whole thing. Like this is your journey now. Like o- Obi Wan had his fight, and you know. He, he failed in certain respects, but right. uh, it, it's that's Luke's fight now. And also, just from a movie making perspective, it would have been horrible if Obi Wan just like popped in and he's like, "Hey, I'm over here." Just yeah, like, yeah. Or something, you know? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but <laughs> it gives credence to like everything that they say in Harry Potter. It's like once these people are dead, and that final battle sequence in Harry Potter where they everyone shows back up. I hope 
in its own weird vein, I hope we don't get that in Rise of Skywalker because I don't want right. that. This is not about the if 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 they show up giving yeah, Ray a lesson Rey, before right? it happens. If there's a Force vision where Ray's like, "Oh my God, I see Qui Gon and all these people before me," that would be beautiful. But I don't want Ray to be like locked in the lightsabers with Palpatine, and all of a sudden Obi Wan pops up, Luke. Pops, it's just like yeah, I know it ruins yeah. it for. The development of Rey as a character, and I, we don't know what it's going to be yeah. like. We haven't seen the movie yet. And the reason why we're doing this build-up is because speculation can run wild. And that's an awesome thing, but it's you got to realize it's all rooted in this storytelling. If if he can't interfere here, what makes you think he's going to interfere later? You know? Um, exactly. Right. I love mm-hmm. I love the line where Obi-Wan says, Luke, don't give in to hate. That leads to the dark side, which then, boom, prequels just totally makes that a thing. And um, this line that I still think is very interesting, um, and I'm not going to try to tie it into the Mandalorian. I don't want to reveal any Mandalorian spoilers, but it says that boy is our last hope. And then Yoda says, no, there is another. And I interpret it, and <laughs> from a certain point of view, kind of breaks it's it the down. the Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. yeah spoilers. You, you know, <laughs> like from a certain point of view, kind of, and I know, John, you probably don't like that book that much. I think you said that in your show, but... The, one of the best stories is Yoda talking about how he wished he had trained Leia. And sure. that Leia yeah. is so much more of a Jedi, so much more of a headstrong character, so much more of a go get him than Luke is. So yeah. Leia is always in the moment. If you think about Leia as a character, she is the ideal Jedi, hands down. Right. Just based on what we know yeah. about Jedi. I, I I laughed because I'm not sure what date you guys are putting this episode out. Oh, no. But <laughs> it's in one Tuesday. of my most... In one, oh, okay. Because in, okay. in one of my most recent uh, rumor reviews that may have came out, uh, say this is Tuesday, yesterday or something like that, yes. I tackle a, a theory of people uh, looking to retcon Yoda saying there is another, and I'll, I'll leave uh, it there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. A hey, little sizzle, man. Yes. yes. No, I, but, but I don't think that's the case. I don't think he would be mentioning that because – it's a beautiful part too, is when the, when the, the red light illuminates of the of the the X wing taking off. It's such yeah. a cool lighting uh, sequence. Then like Obi Wan, Obi Wan's there. Then it goes dark. Then yes. the red comes, and Obi Wan's gone. It's, it, it is a cool visual. Well, let's stop pretending, guys. We all clearly know John that that Matt Smith, of course, is the <laughs> that's, that's right. He's, the another yeah, that so. is right. Damn you guys it, saw right. I, I I tweeted an exclusive of his character poster for Dude, episode that was nine. Great. How did yeah. you get that? That was fantastic. Is it called JJ Jazz JJ. You're like, how did? Yeah, you know? he's like, look, I had this laying around. It's gonna, <laughs> it's a, it's gonna be the B side set of the posters. And, uh, um, very nice. Yeah, yeah. After the movie these are releases. all the characters we couldn't reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's gonna, it's yeah. gonna be funny when I see uh, the episode nine and he he shows up and is a major part of the movie and I'm gonna be like, ah. Oh. The tweets I'm gonna have to mute. Oh I man, know. from from the first shot. Yeah. Or Unless he's not in me. the movie, and then people are like, "Hey, that guy was right about something for once." <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I remember the big thing. Apparently, I don't know where I read this, or it might have been hypothesized in my head. But we're kind of kind of going off the beaten path. But um, the big thing was like Trevorrow had him initially on there or something, and. It was later, like, theorized that, oh, no, maybe it's not the sequence we want to go with. But anyway, okay, that's John. I I hear things sometimes, and sometimes I can't say things or report things, and sometimes they're rumors, and sometimes they're speculation, and, and, and all that, yeah. Yeah, he can neither confirm or deny it. But anyway, um, yeah. to kind of tie into The Mandalorian, um, this kind of goes off, it kind of cuts, because this this movie, like I said, cuts very interestingly. It's kind of like Attack of the Clones, kind of all over the place. But you kind of get this reveal of this idea of bounty hunters in Star Wars. And uh, 
or mercenaries or whatever you would call them. And I think John Favreau, before we knew anything about the Mandalorian, they were like, what's your biggest inspiration for this? And he goes, that scene from Empire Strikes Back with all the bounty hunters standing there. I want to know about them. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, we're getting that. Y'all, we're sitting through those shows now. And his little, whatever whatever age he was, must have been 15 or 14 watching that. That that mindset he was in is now coming into fruition now. It's freaking yep. badass. It is awesome. Absolutely. It's amazing. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like the Bounty Hunter sequence. What do y'all think? Oh, it's I mean, it's it's so fast, but it, there's so much character to it. it is. So it's always been one of my favorite parts, especially, you know, Bosk standing in the, you know, we, we know his name is Bosk now, but, you know, yeah. uh, standing edge of the the terminal pit you know like you know <laughs> his toes hanging over the edge there yeah. yeah 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 just like letting it letting it hang free man and you know? and you you know that uh, vader was so obsessed that he's free he's hiring contractors and meanwhile you have the <laughs> you have the other empire workers saying we don't need their scum here even though vader's the one who like requested yeah. it so uh i find that uh, i find that interesting from an empire political tug of war standpoint even though vader We'll choke you out at any moment if you think he can't hear you. They'll be like, "What's this guy doing, man? We don't need bounty yeah. hunters." Like, yeah. Well, I think as a, as a I, say, I do. Lo- oh, sorry. No, 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 Jay, you talk, man. Well, uh, I was gonna say it was one really random thing from that scene. I love the the imperial who's just like, "This is just a part of his job." Just another day going like, "Those rebels won't escape us," you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so just like another day at the another day at the office. That's it. Coffee mug in his hand. Yeah. You know, like, sorry, calf. Oh, um, uh, right. Yeah. I just love how half hearted this. Those rebels want to. <laughs> no, it's it's a good go point. Do some, do some but, paperwork now. Well, it's it's one thing I want to bring up, too, especially in regards to that. It's the mundanity of Star Wars is what we like the most about it, because it's like you said, that guy's <laughs> just like at his work. He's like, well, we're going to get him. We're going to get him. But. On the other hand, (laughs) I'll never forget when I first got, when I was in second or third grade, I first got a visual dictionary. The first people I turned to was the bounty hunters, and I learned about Forlom, Dengar, Bosk, IG 88, and then you get Boba Fett. And like the line, no disintegrations to me has way more meaning because that sounds like using a thermal detonator and blowing someone up. Not the case Mm -hmm. from what we've seen. You know, maybe it's not the same thing, but I would hypothesize that that no disintegrations is, uh, very much present in the Mandalorian, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. yeah, I love I love that sequence. It's very short. It's maybe um, maybe even less than a minute. I think it might be forty five seconds. And it's just uh, it's it's cool because Vader can't can't fuss at them like he can a stormtrooper. He he's more like you know you're gonna go find them you know and no disintegrations you know he's not like he right. he's they're in a weird way they're on equal terms. Um, but anyway, we get the Falcon running away. Um, I wrote in my notes how many people would hate this plot line today of just like the Falcon being on the back of the Star Destroyer. We don't know where it's at. It's just like people would be so livid about that. Let's be real. People would be. Well, this is what they would say. Disney compares Falcon to garbage. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's great. Oh, man. But this this him hiding on the back of the Star Destroyer is a Han character development. He's just clever. He knows the weird just ways. Just Han being Han, baby. Just Han being Han. And uh, I love that Lando in this scene is introduced through dialogue. You know, he's not just another character. He's kind of built in mystery. Right. It makes his, right. his, make his it makes his entrance way more intriguing. And inevitably, what he does to the the crew later is is 
I guess, fitting what, what how Han describes him. You know, he's a scoundrel. Sure. Oh, the man is a scoundrel. That man screws everyone by the end of it. Right. Um, I don't, I don't trust him, but he is my friend. There yeah. you go. <laughs> That's huge. Um, yeah. I guess you know I've. I, I want to get back into it, and it's not not just because John's here. I would have brought this up with any other guest, but there's a lot of things where it's mentioned, like, I haven't seen you in, in such a long time, you old scoundrel, whatever. I don't think that refers to the sequences that happen in Solo. It might vaguely, but I don't think it refers yeah, yeah, directly to it. Because if they are going to make Solo 2 happen, or if they're going to dive back into Lando, because I had heard there might be a rumor, and I don't know who, who even sourced this, but if they do a Lando story, a Lando series, is it you could Han could show whatever, whatever. What I'm trying to get at yeah. is I, I don't think that Solo answered all the questions that were left off in Empire Strikes Back. I really don't. Because right. there has to be more history between them. They didn't yeah. leave whatever. We yeah. we joke about they that. Barely hung out. We yeah. joke about that on TRB sometimes. Mainly James is always like anytime they bring up a Han and Lando story, people are like, that's the one that they're talking about in Empire, whether it's something from <laughs> right. Last Shot or yeah. you know, so, a yeah. comic. Like anytime one of them punches the other one in the face or something, like that's the one that they're gonna end with. Uh yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, it was probably two weeks before a new hope, man. He's just like, hey, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jerry, how do you feel about that? You man? forgot my drag cleaning. Uh, I just the same way, man. Like I never thought that was the last. I nothing in Solo made me think like, oh, this is exactly what it, this is the last time they're interacting because it, they, there's more of a history with them than just like, yeah, we did that Kessel Run thing yep. one time when that cool. Yeah, you beat my ship, and he's just I don't know, just like. Even the way he's like, what'd you do to my ship? You know, it's more jovial. So they do. These guys have more of a history. So many more Han and Lando adventures to come, guys. Han, Lando and Chewie. Sorry. Uh, just hey, no worries. Well, OK, right. I want to bring up. Hashtag make solo to happen. I want to bring up Lando as a character, too, because I want to hear your opinion, both being all three of us being males. Um, it's very interesting. I'm not trying to make it a sexual thing, but to me, Lando is not a sexy character. He's smooth. I think it's, it's, he, they take the Han character and make him even smoother. Like him, they kind of take the Han being such a cool rebel dude and making him more charming and more smooth. And I think I'm, I'm honestly, I'm very excited for the rise of Skywalker because I don't think he's going to be smooth, but I think he's still going to be cool as hell. You know, it's, 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 yeah. it's weird. Mm -hmm. Like when I look at Lando, I'm like, man, I wish, I really wish I could be like him. Like, how can you grin in such a way yeah. that it's like, it's just like, you're a cool dude and you can admit it, you know, sure. it's, it's nothing, yeah. nothing, um, I guess, uh, uh, provocative about it. He's just cool as shit. Sorry for my language. Right. He is. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, yeah. I, I just think, you know. Lando is like smooth, but he is a BS artist. Uh, That's why. He, yeah. Yeah. There's always some kind of motive uh, behind what he's saying where, where Han is a BS artist, but because he doesn't know what his next move is. Yes. Uh, That's Han, Han is way more, right. Han is way more deliberate than Lando is like Han will blow someone away and flip you a coin and say, sorry about the mess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Th th that's where their, their personalities are a bit different. And I get what you're saying about how he's more smooth and Han's yes. more of like the, I want to be like Han because yeah. Han's more of like a cowboy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like Orlando's more of a, a calculator and Han's more instinctive. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. What do you yeah. think, Jerry? I mean, 100%. I don't, Scotty, I don't know what you're saying, man. This is his he, he sex appeal incarnate, you know? 
No, dude, I, I mean, you take right. you take like I don't know, like sex appeal and some uh, Colt forty five and mix it together in like some kind of like <laughs> dr- 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 chamber. You're gonna come out with uh, uh, Billy D. Williams, man. I mean, it, right. we do we we saw him at that panel in celebration. Like the so dude still, he's older, but he hasn't lost a step, dude. Oh, yeah. like, just sitting there like. You know what? I don't know what half this stuff is, but I don't care. You I, love me. I, exactly. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Everyone's still mad at me about what I did to Han Solo. Nobody died, oh, did they? That, that was so awesome. That, oh, my gosh. That was such a great line. It's like, but did you die? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good. Anyway. Everyone gives him a hard time, but did he die? Uh, this next line, though, is very interesting because... I wonder what it means. And and I never and you know what? I probably haven't watched Empire like fully and like with a with a with a really strong mindset like I have right now since I saw Solo the first time in theaters. But he says this line, seeing you seeing you sure brings back a few things. And I don't and I and I wonder if that's missions we haven't seen, missions we have seen, or if it means Kira, you know, or or what 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 is Kira's fate? It's it's uh, it's pretty awesome. That line that yeah. line has so much more weight now, and it makes me want to. It God, it makes me want to see another movie with Alden. It just does, or something. Oh like yeah, hey, yeah. Disney Plus series, man. I'm pulling for that still. Which which is the same thing. But anyway, I just yeah yeah yeah. It, Imagine a, eight episodes Han and Chewie called like the <sighs> Adventures of Han Solo, kind of like an Indiana Jones thing, like yeah. Han Solo and the blank, Han Solo yeah. and the blank, you know. Oh, um, but yeah, I mean, so he had to have been talking about the, the Kessel run. Cause that's like one of those moments in your life where that's like, I almost died and it was a life changing experience yeah. for me. Yes. Like it it's literally, so yeah. he's definitely talking about at least that. <laughs> totally. I agree. And it's, it's, uh, watching this movie now, I seeing them together. It, it, it brings, it warms my heart. It really does. Like it really did. And like watching them walk around, he's like, man, look at you become, you're so, you're not the guy I, met, I remember meeting. And, and oh, you know, yeah, yeah. it's a sabog table. I love that line of a, he's like making fun of him for being responsible. He's, he's like, yeah, I'm responsible. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just such like a, yeah, well, I mean, we, I'm sure you all have friends. <laughs> I have a friend that I, that I love talking to, but I don't get enough opera. I don't make, and I, and I feel bad. We don't talk as often as we want. And we went to high school together, and he was my best friend. And he he had his own Millennium Falcon. He had a blue Jeep. His name is Cody. We were like, we're so tight. And then when we see each other, it's the same. Like I said, you know, seeing his face like brings back memories that I completely forget otherwise until I speak to him. Mm -hmm. And I know every, I would hope every male and female that has this and sees this movie or listens to this episode will have a friend that they think about and maybe. Give him a call today. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to call Cody tomorrow now that I'm thinking about him. But uh, it's one of those nice. moments. It, it's one of those moments. But, um, yeah, no, we, we get into 3PO being being blown up by what we now know is a stormtrooper. And I love the 3PO and Chewbacca interactions that happen for the rest of the movie are phenomenal. It's something I never yes. want. I never knew I wanted until seeing it. And it's just hilarious. Right. You put Overgrown furball. Yes. It's, it's, <laughs> it's brutal. Um, yeah. Now it's kind of funny. I don't know what this means. This is this might be me looking way too into it. But I love that three PO is being fixed by Chewbacca. But you know, Anakin made three PO initially. So I don't know if it's like a Ben Solo thing or if it's just me being really picky and noticing a lot of bizarre connections. But I don't know. Like 
it's kind of odd. I don't know. Maybe maybe I shouldn't have brought it up. I don't know. It's weird. You get you get you get, you get that uh, saga tunnel vision when you when you're going like as in depth as we've been yes. doing. So yeah, like, I guess I do kind of like, have it. Wait, wait. It's like John was talking about earlier. Like, wait, C three PO was made by Anakin. Yes, yeah. yeah. What's going on? And then Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah I know. Helped him, and then Chewbacca shot his nephew or his grandson. It's just, it's a lot. Oh um, man. But, uh, it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, right. I love this line from Lando, which happens after. Having trouble with your droid? Like, that's such a no, like, a no shit. Like, yes. Like, yeah, he, uh, right. obviously, he's destroyed. He, the, the Rick Olay of this, of this series. Yes. You know, the captain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I want to know from your perspectives, and I know we all have funny opinions on this, and we're we're going on for a while. I'm sorry, I probably got both of y'all delirious. I know it's late where you're at. Um, Vader sitting at the table, and knowing like like what was going through each character's mind, especially Lando is like, oh, we just made a deal that'll that'll get him out of here in no time. <laughs> Doors open, and there he is. Man, what was that dinner like? Like what what could have been discussed? Well, you know what? I, honestly, I think that dinner was very awkward. It was probably something straight out like the office, like you know, like Michael Scott sitting with Jan. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know that it's that no, it's that dinner party from the office. There's going to be a lot of office references in this one where they like all go to Michael and Jan's house. Yeah. And it's, like, awkward. Uh, but uh, what I want to know about is how what was going on before they opened the door? We're like just you know. Let's chill here. <laughs> there and like. Like, all right, Boba, you stay over there. You know, like, <laughs> how awkward was that? I don't know, maybe someone, like, I don't know, maybe, I, I don't know if I heard that on the Resistance broadcast or something, John, if you guys were talking about that one time, but that's just, like, I just think that is that is a very funny, like, what are they doing? Just like, okay, hold on, hold on. It's like a surprise party. I think, yeah, it might have been our episode where we, we talked about um, that Darth Vader is the most dramatic character in, in Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, or something. yeah. That was I think, yeah, I think it was. It, it, uh, yeah, he, one of you guys said something like that. Yeah, he me. needed someone to, like, give him a signal to know when the door was going <laughs> to open so that he can, <laughs> yeah. Um, Come out. Yeah, what was amazing. my line going to be? We would be honored <laughs> if you'd eat with us. No, we'd be honored right. if you'd join us. Uh, maybe I'll we, use the join we, us line later with my son. Join me. Um <laughs> No, it's it's you know it's like such a betrayal. It is. It's brutal. Uh, and then and then Han just saying like I'm sorry too. Oh, and it's just awful. Like, that's brutal. Yeah, it's um, awful. It uh, it and kind you of, know, like Han know Han knows it's about to get just not good for him. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. and this is uh, this is one of those things too. It's it's that that dinner sequence. I would hope maybe one day gets. A, I honestly would love a certain point of view treatment for that. I'm not gonna lie, that would be great. Or like Robot Chicken, I think tackled it. Yeah, they did. They did. I think they did. <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. Just a just a subtle, just to see how that yeah. went down. I, it, was it right. silent? I think it's in Vader's little the Vader's little princess book too that I've read to my my daughter uh-huh. a couple of times. Oh, okay. It's funny, it's like the teenage you know boy coming to pick up the daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I know. Get, let's get the Disney Plus movie, uh, My Dinner with Andre, but it's My Dinner with Vader. You know? <laughs> um, Jerry, you wrote in your notes, how did Vader get to Bespin before? Because, or... Oh, yeah. It, I know. It's I'm weird. I'm going to answer my own question right now. Yeah, it's, I'm going to answer my own question right now. It is kind of funny, but I'm just going to say uh, hyperspace. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, they did go hyperspace. That's a know. good point. 
I didn't think about it's, that. You know what the answer is, which is the answer in most Star Wars movies, is the re, the how he got there. So, the reason why he got there so fast was plot. Yeah. So yes, it would look cool for him to show up there. So right. anyway, um, yeah. one thing I want to ask y'all, I want to kind of bring up because they have this Cloud City sequence, you know, where, where the fact that Vader kind of leads Luke to the city through Han's tortures probably one of the more sophisticated plot points made in this whole entire movie. It's just like, what a clever way. And I don't know if that was the intention of Irvin or George or Lawrence, but like, damn, that is like super clever for like him to Mm -hmm. hear the call of Han or even Leia in their distress and like the force will guide them to each other. It's that's, that's amazing. Even Chewie, you know, they're playing that like dog whistle. Yeah. And he's losing his mind. Yeah. 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 Now it's um, oh what's up? I, I don't want to jump too far ahead. Um, no, please. But um, Leia using the Force for the first time to me is the first oh, time the yes. Force awakened. Uh, yes, in somebody. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. Oh, we'll see oh, that in a second. We're I can't. Gonna pull, we're gonna pull on that thread. Uh, in she's a such. <laughs> she's such a Mary Sue. Oh, yeah. such Gosh, a dang it, Leia. Yeah. She can do everything. She can do everything. <laughs> right. So just like our new little friend from the show, we dare not name that we've that that's like my favorite new argument about the Mary Sue thing. You know what I'm oh, talking about? I, I'm, I sit, so, uh, I'm so uh, uh, unplugged. Yeah, I'm so making me nervous. I'm so unplugged from <laughs> all of the uh, all of any of it. Like if yeah. if I see a tweet from someone that I just don't even remotely like that I don't know how they got it on timeline, muted, gone. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. That's the that's the best way to deal but, with it for um, yeah. The w- one line that a lot of people overlooked that I, I just wanted to bring up real quick is when Han, after Han gets tortured, he comes in and, and he go and she goes, what do they want? And he goes, they didn't ask me any questions. Yes. So it's like That's amazing. Well, yeah. they, they sneak that in there. It's like, all right, so they're torturing him not for information. What is going on? And then we find out it's like for prep. Yeah. Awful. I, that's yeah. just brilliant uh, writing. It's, I'm it's, sorry. It's, 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 it's crazy. No, yeah, you're 100% right, man. It's Larry effing Kasdan. Larry, Book man. King. Book in yeah. King. There well, you go. There it is. You're right there. Sell. <laughs> you just sold me. No, like um, this this one next little sequence is kind of silly, but I want to know if I heard it correctly. 3PO calls Chewie an overgrown mop or a muppet. I, what is the line? It's mop, mop head. Mop head? <laughs> mop? But it sounds like Muppet. Mop head? It sounds like Muppet. And I'm like, how self-referential if they really... I this, know it's not. <laughs> There's no way. But like, it's just like amazing. This was meta. This was meta before uh, <laughs> the human community existed. Yeah. Man, you know, before Arrested Development, there was... Were there, the weren't there bigger Muppets than Chewie though? Like, who's that big brown guy? Oh, uh, oh. Sweetums. Yeah. Thing, right? yeah. I want to go to Hollywood. Too. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, well, this leads into probably one of the most Star Wars sequences of all time, which is another uh, area that you can kind of dance around. But uh, um, the carbon freezing sequence. Might be one of my favorite moments. Yeah, definitely. Gosh, the whole thing, the yeah. whole feeling of this scene, to me, and I'm sure you can probably relate to this, has never been replicated in Star Wars again. They have never found the mastery of filmmaking, of color, of light, of emotion, <laughs> oh, of, yeah. of anything. Uh, yeah. This scene is so individual 
And I was funny enough, I was showing two other teachers that were in my classroom after, after you know, school bell and rang, and we're like talking about just Star Wars stuff. And he's like, I love that scene. I'm like, it, it's, and it didn't dawn on me, but this like leaves an impact on other people, not just us Star Wars nerds. Like, these are really like surface level fans, you know? And yeah. What yeah. do you, what do y'all feel of it? This whole scene is so iconic. It's like, Kubrick, I know you can't see it, the little pictures faded behind me, but it's like it's like the 2001, you know, theme. It's just so iconic. But anyway, um, yeah, what do y'all think of that? Well, it made, anytime any, someone looks at like that dark blue, that deep blue and orange, oh. I mean, it's hard. Uh, I mean, even, I mean, maybe not to the super casual fan or whatever, but I mean, even so, like you see that color scheme and it, it almost immediately calls back. This yes. Movie, you know? It's I don't know who knew the couple colors could be iconic, but I, it's I think it pretty much is. Yeah. But, I don't know. You talk about you talk about a buildup yeah. uh, that this, the right. whole the whole sequence with um, Babu Frick and C three PO has all those colors yeah. there, and immediately I'm like carbon freeze chamber. Yeah. Yes. So you, yeah. I I agree, Jerry. I agree. It, but uh, John, like, it, why why does this stand out? significantly for almost anyone who's seen it. And it, I think, and the one thing I actually put in my notes is thankfully it's never been replicated. Thankfully never tried doing this again. Why does it stand out so much? Uh, aesthetically for sure. The set, uh, is, is huge. Um, you have yeah. layers, you have, massive. you have the mist, you have the mystique, you have the yeah. stormtroopers, you have the color schemes, uh, you have the, the environment and it's tense. You have Vader coming in with his big it's entrance. Uh, and then you look at the hero characters and you have all these beats of, uh, every aspect of, of, of drama, dramatic storytelling. You have the comedic relief with C-3PO saying, turn around, I can't see, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And then you have mm. you have Chewie fighting stormtroopers off because oh, his best awesome. friend's about to get taken. You have Leia uh, con- finally confessing her love for yeah. Han Solo. You have oh. Han knowing that, you know, it, he, he's, it, he, he's about to go away. And he doesn't, he, he, that look on his face just before the, the cold uh, captures him, that little like smirk he gives mm-hmm. is one of the best non-vocalized facial expressions in the yes. history of the saga. Yes. Um, yeah, ne- next to Kylo Ren, like swallowing his like throat when he's about to Ooh, fire upon Leia, you know, so good. Right. Uh, so just, I think all aspects of, of storytelling are all right in that little tense moment. Yeah, man. And, um, you know how, how they made it happen and all the hours they put in, like it, it's shown on their faces. It's just very, it's very um, blue collar and how they made that that scene come to life. And I know saying that to a big budget movie is kind of ridiculous, but no, um, you got a it, good point. Yeah, it, it was very, very on on the surface, uh, but at the same time, you, you know, all these characters like they're, they're putting it all out there, and and you you feel that, and that this is like the 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 climax before the main event, which is Luke, which uh, is Vader. crazy. It, it's, yeah, it's so weird to think that it's this like a moment- double main event. Exactly. Yeah. Is this is the yeah. this is the this is the opening band. You know, like you you finally got this part where almost everyone's in the same room, and then it's taken away from you because you lose Han in this moment. And um, one thing I want to bring up too, because it's it's you you said it perfectly. It's this it's this moment of like intensity that I I've never realized because every time yes. I've seen this. I've seen it before. As a kid, I've seen it. I know what happens. But if you, if you, I want to, God, I want to go rewatch it now. But like <laughs> the, the musical. I was just thinking that. Yeah, the musical part of it's incredible. But 
this is the, one of the few shots in Star Wars where there's the only wide shots when the Ugnaughts bring them to the middle of the thing. Everything else is super focused in on each character's face and yep. how they're reacting and what is happening. Exactly. And it's it's masterful filmmaking. And, and like I said before, please never replicate it. It can't be done. No one's done it. No, no. one can do it since. It's yeah. uh, like you said, it's pretty DIY. It's just like it's not... There's no green, no green screen. There's nothing in there to amp it up. No, the, it's music right. and visuals. It's and and of course one of the best transfer, the best dialogue ever said in any movie ever because it's true to each character. She finally breaks. I love you, and at Han in Harrison Ford Han Solo Star Wars fashion. I know it's just yeah, boom! It hits and, and so hard. Depending on whose story you believe, like Kirshner said, they did take after take after take, and everyone was hungry. They wanted to break for lunch, yeah. and he's like, we'll, we'll just film and say whatever comes to mind. I don't know if that's actually how it happened. It sounds romantic to say it that way, but um, the only people who know are the people who are in the room, because I don't know if yep. there's any behind the scenes about them actually shooting that. But um, you're right. The line, the revised line is much better than him having said, I love you too. Yeah. And of course, and of course, because, you know, they're able to call that back and, 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 uh, Larry Kasdan yep. uh, flip the script uh, the other way and do do it uh, full circle in Return of the Jedi. So good. And it wouldn't shock me if in the Rise of Skywalker there's a situation where that you know that happens where someone says I love you and uh, yeah. someone related to them says I know you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's profound and and uh, I don't know Jay, what do you think of that line in particular? It, that, that this the transfer of dialogue is just so amazingly organic. I don't know. It's just the coolest line ever. It like, is. Period. Really, all I gotta say about it because I just that's still <laughs> that's that still is awesome. Uh, to this day, I love it. And then, you know, I I try all the time to do it to my wife, but she like she beats me to the punch. Yeah. It's, all right. So, um, breaking the the fourth wall here. This was my wedding cake topper. Yes. Uh, nice. I awesome, have t shirts of this. Uh, Kathleen got me uh, his and her hand towels for the bathroom that say yes. that. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just nice. It, it's it's huge. So she, she, yeah. It's just. It's a part of your life, man. And, and it's, it's yeah. one of those things. This is such a weird memory. And, and it can be, I want, I hope, Jerry, you might have one similar to this. But I remember being a kid and my dad used to put on I Love the 80s, the VH1 show. And they had I Love the 80s movies. And I think Empire was like one of the first, like, iconic movies of the early 80s, 1980 oh, yeah. and yeah. and I'm pretty sure I don't think a Spoiler movie even came out that year if I'm not mistaken I don't remember but anyway they said like there was a huge part where every person that was on that VH1 show was like how iconic is that like it's such a profound line how badass and how it's it's just so like it's not just his, it's Harrison Ford but it's the Han Solo character in general and I've never had a moment. I never had a romantic moment that ended with I know, but it's just so like <laughs> imagine imagine being in Leia's position and you're like you're a dirty dog. Like Hansel is a <laughs> dirty dog. Like he just did that to me and then boom carbon been, freeze. Would have been funnier if when when she unfreezes him, she like just smacks him in the face like what is that I know nonsense. <laughs> exactly. So like the first thing she says hanging? to him, yeah. You leave me hanging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) I guess the one thing is interesting is the only sense of knowing that Han could live is then delivered by 3PO, which it's so funny. And John, you brought this up on TRB because it made me realize it too. 3PO is this character that like everyone just 
craps on and gives him an awful time. And he's the only one that, like, in the end, like, kind of matters at the end of this saga. Like, he wants, he's going to say goodbye to his friends, so, so we think. You know, it's like, it's a hard line to, to think about. But 3PO is like, oh, he was frozen in carbonite. There's a there's a possibility that he that he could have lived or that he could have died. It's like he's Captain. He should be well protected. Yeah. Yeah, he's well protected. It's a great line. Yeah. You know, it's a uh, it's three PO cares in his own weird three PO way, and people often overlook that. You know. He, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's the the droid because uh, he's obviously a, a very intelligent humanized droid. But sometimes the droid comes through and he's like he looks at it in a very literal way. Yeah. Kind of like when mm-hmm. Han says thank you, thank you very much when he broke up the kiss. He's like, oh, you're quite welcome, sir. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. get the the sarcasm. <laughs> so he's like, yeah. oh, he's encased in carbonate. He should be quite well protected. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, but you know he's going to Jabba's <laughs> palace right now on yeah. the wall. Right. Right. <laughs> it's. It's huge, um, but I I think that's where three PO gets smacked around a little bit, and he's just being genuine. He really just just stating a fact, like he really could have died, but he he might not be dead. And as a as right. a, as an audience member, you can almost go, "Thank God three PO is there," because we don't know what's happening. Let's be honest; we have no idea as an mm-hmm. audience member until that is stated. But uh, Jerry, and then Lando th- confirms it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Jerry, any thoughts on that in particular? Just, I don't know, yeah, just what you guys were saying. You, like, C-3PO, it, it's a droid. He doesn't quite get it, but it is, like you were saying, Scott, it's his own weird way of just going, like, oh, man, I hope he's okay, but, you know, he should be okay if, if he survived, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, everything else after this, I didn't write that much notes for this sequence uh, for anyone listening right now, but it's it's going to have its own moments, I'd imagine. But uh, Luke's arrival is great. Um the Vader duel is great, and I, and 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 the whole rebels escaping is great too. But uh, one thing I noticed, and I really broke it down. Um, I saw a video that broke it down. But when Luke first arrives and Boba's leading the the Han and Carbonite, Boba turns his head for like just a very brief second, and I rewatched it again today, and I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. god, it's crazy. Like I don't know if Luke's holster made a noise or whatever, but Boba Fett literally is like, boom, turns and he keeps walking, and I don't know if it was a cue that he was told. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's genius because Luke peers out just for a second, that cue happens, and then all the blasters start going off. So um, I don't know if that's the cool bounty hunter side of him. I don't know, but um, Luke. Then when we get to the Vader scene and the dialogue that happens there is amazing. It's kind of few and far between, but it is amazing. And uh, like y'all kept bringing up. Best Luke. line in the whole oh, franchise. I, uh, John, what is it? The force is with you, young Skywalker, but you're not a Jedi yet. It's brutal. It's brutal. Like that's him saying like, like you, you're coming here thinking like, I'm going to be afraid of you because you just trained with Yoda. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now that I know the force is with you and you're not a Jedi. So you're about to get your ass whooped. Yeah. It's, 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 (laughs) it's so demoralizing. The shadow, like you just see his silhouette. Yeah. Yeah. And I have the 1997 ornament, Darth Vader. And that's the line. Yeah. On my tree. Yeah. It's, it's just, oh my God. You're talking about that carbon freeze being the best scene ever that like that in the same setting where they kick this fight off. Oh. Something about that set. It's got its own yeah. feeling. It's got its own emotion. And uh I agree, man. Yeah. It's 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 like you said, Luke then is the first to ignite his lightsaber, and that's him sealing the deal. Like I'm about to I am about to whip your ass. Like you yeah. this could have went a few ways, kid. Yeah, and you <laughs> don't know it's dad versus son, but seeing it yeah. now with retrospective eyes, it's like 
This is this is like if you and your dad and, and you and your dad were to get into a fist fight or a verbal argument, you know who's gonna win. It's always <laughs> right. dad. It's right. always right. dad. Right. Especially right. when you're that naive and you're a dumb 17-year-old and you want to go to a party and your dad's like, no, you're not. You're not. Right. I'm not I'm not saying this based <laughs> right. off of experience, but it's it's one of those things like it he's going to lose. And it's just yeah. how it's going to be. Um yeah. but uh the four sequences where he's throwing the objects at Adam and things are happening. Uh, the one thing I want to bring up to it, it in regards to what's what's happening. I remember Star Wars Newsnet reporting on this, and I want to hear what you might know about this, John. Maybe I'm reaching too far into you. Maybe it's things you might not say. But the Force Awakens has that hallway sequence, and there was a there was a scene in the Force Awakens that had this happen through and through, where yes. Ray saw the perspective of it and saw it yeah. happening. I. That was one of the craziest things. I still think no one brings it up, but it should be yep. brought up that they right. shot a shot for shot scene of this. And you see it vaguely in the force back sequence. But uh, John, yep. anything on that in particular? Any yeah. So, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So I joined Star Wars Newsnet after that. But um, in my in my uh, intelligence uh, briefing to bring me up to speed uh, in the in the base, yeah. um, they they told me that th- this was a huge scoop uh, that they got. And when they put it up, they got an immediate takedown notice. And they said, we respect that. We're taking it down. We're not here to burn any bridges or cause any problems. And they appreciated that. And yes. that le- that eventually led to Lucasfilm, you know, appreciating Star Wars Newsnet and yes. uh, d- you know, developing some kind of symbiont uh, coexistence. Uh, of course, us being the the little the little acorn over here. Exactly. Um, but the, yeah, so they definitely did. Um, there were shots, and it wasn't obviously Mark Hamill, but there was a double who they made look look like a battered Luke on Bespin. Yes, and they certainly did in that hallway have show Vader and Luke fighting. Um, and why wh- why it was cut or why it didn't work out? Maybe they they didn't want to do it with a double. I don't know what the reasoning behind it was, but it one hundred percent certainly existed. And it's crazy because. Not not and then later, of course, the photo was then posted. It must have been in twenty eighteen. Someone finally was able to post it and share it. But I had done this huge thread about the big three returning in the Rise of Skywalker, and there's this thing I wrote how JJ cut a lot of the Force Awakens out, and people don't realize it. But there's three main things. Zuvio obviously had a bigger role. He had a, an, a literal Black Series figure <laughs> made. I, he did. There was there was a point to be made about that. It, they, he was a main character or at least the, a, fa, a Phasma equal at some point, and that was cut. And then you had the Snowspeeder chase sequence, which is a deleted scene, but there was Legos. There was action sets about that. And then, of course, you go to this sequence here. And, I mean, I believe there was actually a Bespin beaten up Luke Black Series that was either released right before that movie or right after that movie, and it never came into fruition. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think this Force Awakens hallway scene, we might see it in The Rise of Skywalker. I have no idea. But what I will say Good. is I hope at some point, maybe at a celebration in 2025, we'll see the footage of it. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I find it very interesting because you I listened to an episode of Force Center where they talk about the call of the hero's lightsaber, and they dive into this sequence in particular and... When Luke loses, fantastic it's episode amazing. too, guys. Check but that out; it's great. It, it when Luke has that saber and it is then lost, it's becomes a much bigger part of the story. And like John said, I think you've said it in TRB before. You don't want it to be the, you know, the the 
it's cool that it ties the story together, but you shouldn't put that much meaning into it. I think that force back sec- section was important. It needed to happen for Ray to, to kind of have the force awaken mm-hmm. within her. But overall, yeah. it's it's not Excalibur. The saber, yeah, I yeah. agree. Because um, you got to remember, this was Anakin's at least his third. Because yes. uh, yeah. when he busted <laughs> when he busted it up in Attack of the Clones, he said not again. So, exactly. Uh, he, <laughs> he's been through a few of these things, and you know, in A New Hope, Obi Wan called it a weapon, and it was just an elegant weapon. And you know, mm-hmm. they they've tried to, the one thing about the new trilogy, they've tried to make it a bit of an Excalibur type of thing, and I, I haven't really um, subscribed to that. And you know, that's fine, but uh, it's okay. Uh, it doesn't change hurt harm my viewing of it in any way. But not yeah, right. I. I, I I'd rather be about the person in the forest than it be like this saber is so important type of thing. I know Kylo Ren wants it because <laughs> he feels he's entitled to it because it was his grandfather's. But yes. I, I, I like it in my head. I like it's kind of stopping there. And it, I agree with that, Jerry. Any any perspective on on the the lightsaber itself being lost and then found again? I, I don't know what you think of it. I never asked you. I just something I, I honestly never thought we'd see. It was just kind yeah. of. Uh, it was an interesting choice in all the material. We're like, wait, wait, that's Luke's old. That's that's the it's Anakin's lightsaber. What I don't know. Like I thought that was gone. Yeah. But uh, not really. I don't have anything really groundbreaking on that either. But uh, I don't know. I'm just sitting here uh, learning from you guys, I guess. But no, no, I, uh, I I don't know. I just have to say this. This is my favorite lightsaber. Duel it is. Of, oh my god. Like this. So. It's so um, just visceral, and again, you the the prequels are cool and all that, but like I just I really dig this like even more than the the duel in uh, Return of the Jedi. I don't know. There's just something that's very like uh, brutal about this one. Yeah. So probably gets his butt. Kicked. It's Vader toying with him pretty much the whole time. It is. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. not exactly. a duel. It's like Vader and just then- hack and slash. Luke gets one shot on Vader, Vader's shoulder, and he he turns into I'm not fighting my son anymore, and the rage takes over, and he chops his hand off. Yes, yeah, that's huge. Because he goes, just ah! a- and he's like, ah! <laughs> 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 just loses parallels. his mind. Yeah, it's yeah, almost parallels again to go back to the Force Awakens, and we can go right back in here. But just like uh, uh, Kylo toying with uh, uh, with Finn, yeah, like yeah. he gets a. Sh- in on him, he's like, "All right, this is done." Yep. He just slices the uh-huh. screen. Head. Yes, right. <laughs> um, well, it's huge. Um, it's just that's this is a trope in Star Wars. Well, it's, it's it's cool. Yeah. It's weird. I think for Vader, it has more meaning than for it is for Luke. Luke's getting his ass whipped. It's obvious. Yeah. But I think for Vader, it's like, no. Hopefully, this will lead you, just like your mother before you, who wouldn't follow. But this will lead you to a darker path because you want to be like me. You want to be powerful like right. me. And this is where. Yeah. This is where George Lucas is just a genius storyteller because I feel that this story, and I mentioned it before in the Red Revenge of the Sith episode, this is where the storytelling becomes ancient. It's father versus son. I want you to do this. You won't do this, you know. And Luke's refusal right. is is the most Jedi thing he could do. He's not going, and it's the most mm-hmm. Obi Wan, the most Yoda thing that he could do. He just abandons it. He he knows that he's right. been defeated. And the no, I am your father moment happens, and it's just. You, I don't know. He he does he does say to Vader, "You do not realize your importance." And I wonder what that means in terms of what could happen later, or what's going, or what Vader thinks will happen later. You do, he doesn't know his importance, you know. And and I, yeah, I, I 
I think that's Vader trying to uh, marginalize Luke's value uh, everywhere else other than yes. right there with him. So you are important to me, and that is repeated once again by Ben Solo to Ray. Yeah. You're nothing. You're garbage, but not to me. Yeah. So Luke's yeah. saying, you do not realize your importance, and Luke's been always looking to the future, looking to the horizon, wondering what his value was, and there's his father. He's just meeting for the first time saying, you are important. Join me. That yeah. temptation must be so raw. Could you imagine? And right. Vader knows that. So Vader's pulling at that and Luke didn't take the bait. No, that's a that's a beautiful thing you mentioned because there's there's a lot of moments that apparently like look at Ben Solo and Han Ben Ben and Han. I mean that that same moment kind of happens later. It's like, no, you don't want to do this. You're not this. And he's like, yeah, he's like, right. let me help you. You know, Han is now the opposite of what Vader's doing to Luke in this situation in regards to Ben. You know, mm-hmm. where Ben, oh, interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. a weird parallel. It, it it's not one of those things that is a uh, that has been referenced, but it's like. Han and Ben, it's father and son yet again on a same exact kind of situation, but it right. ends with mm-hmm. death. It doesn't end with, with you know. And Vader. flipped because you have you have the dark sider saying, will yes. you help me? Yes. And Han saying, yes, yeah. I'll do anything. And, and then he impales him. Yeah. yeah it's it's amazing. <laughs> and and yeah. Empire Strikes Back has just done it perfect. Um, but yeah, the no, I am your father scene, it's, that's a, as a, uh, there's very few scenes that like can be so quoted, but still have so much emotional weight. Like, you know, like everyone jokes about Sarah Connor and all the Terminator references or anything. Harry Potter, you're a wizard, Harry. That's not emotional to me. This still, if you're watching it in the context of the movie, it's like, damn, like that, that, that's a, that's a hard thing to realize. And I never was really emotionally moved by it until I watched it at celebration in 2017 with a crowd and like everyone like screamed as loud as they could because of its iconicism, but also what mm-hmm. that means for Luke as a character. Because everything Luke knows, especially from what Obi Wan has told him, has been completely flipped on his head. You got to think, you would I would have joined the dark side if I had just met my father who I thought was dead. Everything that's else, it. that's the you, thing, and he yeah. doesn't. And and that is just reflective of Luke as a character later in, in TLJ and and Revenge of the I mean uh, Return of the Jedi. It's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. He would almost rather rather die than yeah. right. do, which right. is yeah, kind of interesting. We'll get into that again. But, but uh, <laughs> I don't know how, how awesome is is Mark Hamill's acting. This I mean, I know you can probably like some. You might be able to like maybe make fun of it a little bit. I don't know. I think it's just heartbreaking. His reaction. Yeah, it's awful. He has a big like view of his dad. Like you know, Obi Wan was telling him. You know, he was. He wasn't a, a, a navigator on a spice freighter. He was yeah. he was fought in the Clone right. Wars. He was a friggin' Jedi, and and to think Luke for three years have thought has thought his his dad is this like awesome fantastic guy, which he was, but to find out that this 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 monster uh, is your father, just God. that whole just the, his his the agony in that no well yeah that whole time he's I mean, that's, the whole time he's fighting him right there he yeah. thinks he's fighting the guy who killed his father exactly yes yes and it's just i don't and know and the that. audience does too let's not yes. forget yeah yeah absolutely just that i don't know just the emotion in his face is just always struck me like i, I that, that whole just the it's i guess you could call it the equivalent of an ugly cry it is yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like I mean, hey, we all look like that when we get distressing news, guys. Come on. Uh, 
That's I I thought he really nailed that. That that's so oh fantastic. without a doubt. Yeah, it's for amazing. Sure. Um, and one thing is, I mean, it's kind of hard to top that moment. Every other thing that happens after this, I I just put it as the final scenes because there's really no sequences. It's like just a chase from Cloud City, and and that's pretty much it. And, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. the one thing that really isn't brought up that much, um, Leia Jerry wrote this. Jerry, actually, you mentioned this because I never it never like clicked until you I wrote never- it. I never noticed it before. Yeah, sorry, just the, the fact that Leia is in Han's seat piloting the Falcon with Chewie. Mm-hmm. Got her hands on the yoke and everything. I was like, wow, I never, I don't know, I can't believe I never really put that together. Yeah, but she, she's... It's, Be that my straight white male brain or whatever, I don't know. It's, but, you know. She, she's still, I don't know that she's piloting it because she tells Chewie to turn around. Yeah. That's, uh, that's true, that's true. I, I just, it struck me weird that, or not weird, it just struck me for this time for some reason that i'm like oh wow she's sitting in hans in the pilot's right. you know I mean? the captain's seat so because i don't know that we know that leia can pilot i don't know if we've seen her pilot anything right. before right. but um, i don't think but, she, but i don't think we have but i think it's be- i think it's better to have uh learned how to use the force than pilot a freighter so exactly right, she, right. She, she's like <laughs> luke and like, oh my, yes. what, why does she know that like it's, it's crazy. amazing that yeah. is Hey man, the Force Awakening. Yeah, yeah that was go, beautiful. John. That was that's such a good pull, John. For real, man. the it's first awesome. Force Awakening. <laughs> right. It's true, yes, but it yes. had to have happened because she and you know, and maybe I don't know if y'all had experiences like this with your loved ones or with with brothers or sisters or parents or aunts or uncles. But sometimes you know when something bad just happened and you don't know yeah, what it is, yeah. and you yeah. get news later that someone fell or whatever, or your grandparent. Sure. You got the diagnosis of cancer, whatever the situation is. But like in your chest, you're like, hmm, something doesn't feel right. And it's cool that you could personify this through storytelling using the force. And uh, that is kind of odd, John. I never thought about that's the force like boom. And, you know, we see this again in TLJ. She can then manipulate the force. And of course, in The Force Awakens, she feels it. But at much stronger, I mean, her loved one, her, 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 her. The, the father of her child has been taken away and she falls to her right. knees. It's just the power of the force is incredible. And, and maybe that's when it, then it started with her. That's beautiful. It's awesome. Um, yeah. And then Luke and Leia have that moment when he's on the rock and she's in the coma and yep. he says, Leia and she says, Luke again. Yeah. 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 Wow. Oh, yeah. oh damn it. That's, and Hey, that's, Sorry. that's how he connects back to the, a lot of people are like, you know, uh, Luke, he didn't connect to the Force and he can use the Force. That's He goes up to the rock to connect with Leia. Oh. That's his link to the Force, you know? That Knives Out guy can can write a script. I don't know. Yeah. Man, yeah, yeah. Can't wait something for about that. I don't know that Larry Kasdan <laughs> should do something someday. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next thing I think is pretty cool is our very first mention of a, fir- of a Force Skype. You know, like him and Vader are talking back and forth, and yeah, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> I really thought about it like that. That's true. It yeah. is. It's you know, it's Luke, and he's like, Dad, or what is his father or something? Father, father, father. And yeah. The he says, Daddy. The punch <laughs> to the gut to me, and it didn't. Daddy-o. It didn't dawn yeah. me until I was oh, just yeah. watching. It was the Ben. Why didn't you tell me? Like, imagine. Yeah. Oh, that is such a good oh, delivery there. You, and Kenobi you, had logged out of Skype at that point. Yeah, he was yeah, logged yeah. out. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, this is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want you to find I'm out. I'm not updating way. my app. I am not engaging. Yeah. Yet. Well, it's it's funny when he goes, sorry, jump to Return of the Jedi whenever he talks, uh, when Yoda's like, uh, like, oh, told you, did he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Where do, like Sam Whitmer, I think, on Collider Jedi Council one time did like a, Oh, told you, did he? F that guy. 
right yeah oh man this is so funny but yeah yeah it's Uh, that together uh, scott that's a that's a good pull ben why didn't you tell me it's it's it hurts because imagine that's your life being flipped flipped you just heard you just found out your dad was your enemy and your enemy was your dad and the guy that was guiding you who said oh no your dad died years ago vader killed him well he's not lying technically from a certain point of view so that is like the Obi-Wan being Obi-Wan. I mean, what does yep. Satine say, uh, um, Jerry? You're, you're. Oh, the. She is introducing him. She's like, uh, this is the uh, collection of half truths. Or have you met the half collection of half truths and hyperbole that is Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah. It's, it's what it is. Great description. Um, uh, but though we get. Um, Jerry, you brought up um, Nash Windrider. Uh, bring that up. Uh, yeah, explain that. <laughs> now, well, you, you have them trying to escape. They're trying to go to. to the whole movie, we've been trying to go to hyperspace. We can't. We can't go into hyperspace. What's going on? And it's supposed to have been fixed. And I love that you find out too that Lando and Han, deep down, this is why they're friends. They're the same person, man. He's like, he pretty much quotes Han, like, "It's not my fault." Right. It's not my fault, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> like I think Han says that at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, he yeah. does. But you know, it's like the then you got Vader saying, "Did your men deactivate the hyperdrive on the Millennium Falcon?" and All that, and uh, we find out in the canon novel Lost Stars, which some consider one of the greatest ones that have come out in new canon, uh, that good old Nash Windrider and Sayonari deactivate the hyperdrive. They're the ones who actually wow. do it. It's, it's a little Forrest Gumpy, but, but it's not bad. It's, I like that. Yeah, but that's that's about but it. But John, no, there's nothing. Just go read Lost Stars. Who saves the yeah. freaking day, John? Who is the well, one? You that... know it. Yeah. Where <laughs> Where is he? He's He's here right now. His name is R two D two. Yeah. Freaking D two. He's man. got the universal remote that plugs into everything and it's works. A... Um, <laughs> oh, this! It almost looks like the tool that he tries to stick into the the power socket earlier. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. Like yeah. Bad, and then right? he's like drunk walking around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No. Yeah. He saves the day. He takes a break from fixing his buddy, and he's like, "Wait a minute." He's like, I remember picking this information up from the city central computer. And he's like, what? I know what happened here. And he does, yeah. he moves with his little hand, moves the thing. And you see the white light turn yep. on and bang, there they go. And he slides into the pit, right? Does yep. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which Chewbacca was just in, I thought. I always wondered, did he like just fall onto Chewbacca? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like when BB-8 fell onto Finn, right? Same yeah. Yeah, tits, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. But well, um, when, you got to think too, why didn't anyone else think to just like, you know, plug it back in or something? Exactly. No, I right. <laughs> It was in R2's contract, there, like, yeah. R2? Yeah, yeah, he was in his, like, light, his lightning wrench. Yeah. We brought it up when Alex was in the show, but, like, R2's, like, the original hacker. Like, he, like, gets information. He, like, steals all the data from the computer drives, and he's like, I'm going to use this later, maybe. And then he does, and he activates the hyperdrive and just launches. It's just... I'm going to keep this. Yeah, I'm going to keep this. This is good stuff. He's like... R2-D2 is... But before there were, were all the CSIs and NCISs, he, he was the, the guy behind the computer, uh, to quote, I guess, uh, Ned and, and uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> right. your guy, I'm your guy behind the computer. Um, yes. Yep. And to end this whole discussion, I think this this movie in particular, there's not much dialogue. There's not much said. Um, kind of like all the original trilogy's endings, it's, it's like a whole sequence within itself. You know him getting the hand fixed and had that has giant implications later that I, that I want to discuss on a different episode, but him getting, receiving the robotic hands really big. And, um, you know, they're looking out off the, off the medical frigate, looking out into the outer rim as almost, I think that's the only shot we see. It's like so far, far out of the galaxy 
that you can see the Outer Rim territories and everything around them. You know, I wonder if they're close to the Unknown Regions. I, I just find that very interesting. The mm-hmm. greatest... I don't know. I don't know what the canon reason for... Yeah, that is, but yeah. yeah. It's either that or Beale or something, yeah. I think this is one of the greatest endings to a Star Wars movie, and I might have said it's that... so good. Might have said that for Revenge of the Sith. I don't remember, but I, I really do think, like, in terms of music... One of the best openings in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Well, it's in terms yeah. in terms of musicality and what John Williams does with it, with the, uh, the Han and Leia theme, it literally... I think they play the same sequence of notes and riff, like, four times before it, like, really builds up. Yeah. And then it just climaxes into the right. theme, and you're like... It's like, I guess, how Infinity War, and you're like, what? Like, it's over. Like, I ended it. <laughs> right. Could right. you imagine being, a, I mean, I don't, I don't really don't know how old you are, John, but imagine being a, a 15-year-old during 1980 and just being like, I have to wait? Like, to, this, is yeah. un, this is so <laughs> awful. I don't know. What do yeah. y'all think what are you of talking about Chewbacca and Lando are running away? Lando's wearing Han's clothes. What's the wait? You can't leave me now. Right, right. Well, I yeah, it was like when I when I was uh, sixteen watching the Phantom Menace and and Boss Nass holds that globe. I'm like, what happens next? I need to know. Like, <laughs> yeah, so exactly. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. No, but no, for sure. Um, it's 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 a huge deal. And and I, I was confused when they do the. I guess there's another gap between. Um, five and six, even though Luke says we'll meet at the rendezvous point on Tatooine, you think they're about to pick up Return of the Jedi 15 minutes later, but it's there's yeah. a gap there, and I guess they, you know, fuss around with it. But it's like a few months or a year, some, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, a year something. or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's close. I don't think it's over a year because right. that's just, yeah. And that almost makes me like squirm. Like I left them in there for a year. I <laughs> know, right? Yeah. Literally, nice. <laughs> anyway. But um, yeah. Any any thoughts on this ending in particular from either of y'all? Like like in terms of how it ends and, and in terms of just the music part of it, I think it's the probably one of the best ending scores of all well, time. I'll just I'll just say you know like a middle act. There there's so many questions and uncertainty and despair, and you don't feel comfortable. You don't walk out of the movie you know feeling good. Same kind of deal with like the any middle act. Yeah, um, right, definitely. Yeah, except Attack of the Clones though was kind of happy with the the wedding, yeah. but you had you had the looming specter of it the implied, Empire being formed. Yeah, yeah, it but. So much yeah, but yeah, this one is just kind of like, all right, well, what is going to happen to Han Solo? Like, what? We, that's I think where you think because you know, you know, Luke's okay, Leia's there with him, everyone else is kind of there, but you know, Han's gone, so you kind of just wonder what his fate is at that point. Especially if you really dug into uh, production at that time, Harrison Ford was the only actor not to have signed for three movies at yeah. the time. He only did the two, so he could right. have very well have been like. See ya, pals. I'm going to go do archaeology <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. One thing we always end this this discussion with, and I thought this was an amazing talk, y'all. And this was fantastic. Um, well, I, I, I always ask, how did Palpatine influence the story? And he only has one main scene. Not that big of a deal. Um, it's just an introduction to him. I don't think he influences the story near as much as Vader does or near as Yoda kind right. of influences the story more than anything. Um but did you did y'all have any questions or like things uh, observations that you made when you watched this movie? I, I have one in particular I'd like to state, but if I want to hear, I want y'all to go first if you can. I feel like I've watched it so many times that 
it doesn't necessarily raise questions uh, okay. as it does make me want to wonder how yeah. we can call back to it when we add to canon. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I just still... What the heck was was Lando doing wearing Han's clothes? I mean, come on, man. That's, that's just that's, that's true. That's and really he buttons it all that's up, really like, like you know, yeah, like, all the way up to the top. You're more of a nerd like than a we thought, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sheesh, Lando. I'm sure he was like, I need to change your clothes, Han. Won't mind. Like the same size. <laughs> oh, you know, honestly, it was probably like they didn't know if Harrison was coming back, so it's kind of their way of going. Oh, here's your new your new Han. Yeah. Which, <laughs> good thing for poor Smart. Lando that didn't happen. You know, like yeah, like he. And considered new. Oh, that's just new Han. So, um, no, not really. Well, I mean, this is said, John. It's like you've seen it so many times. It's just, it just gets better. One, yep. one parallel I would like to make, and maybe I'm forcing it, but TLJ, the last guy tells us this exact story, but in opposite terms, where you start off with a white planet in this movie, you end on a white planet with that movie. And in terms of like battle and scope, you know, the 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 resistance loses in TLJ, the rebellions lose, but they escape with more people. Whereas TLJ, they they're just on the Falcon. You know, it's like it's like the storytelling is very similar, but it's flipped in its own regard. And, you know, you you've got the same, you know, I want you to join me. But no, you don't do this to me feeling of it. It's uh, it's. They're very similar. They're both very similar, um, you know, le- leads into the next movie kind of feeling. Um, I just I just love how how well they are both constructed in regards to the force. And if I can end this conversation with anything, I think it's just a we are in for a treat for the rise of Skywalker and what they could pull from Empire or they can pull from Revenge of the Sith because there's a lot of movies that do have a little bit of an open-ended discussion or plot line that is definitely not touched upon ever again. And um, I don't know if this one has that big of one, but the, you know, the, the answering of Leia and, you know, and that comment Yoda makes is pretty huge. But um, anyway, yeah, yeah, guys, this was a, uh, this was amazing. Thank you so much, John. I, I Dude, really dug thanks, this. Thanks for having me on guys. I know it's, it's a pretty, one of our longest, if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure our Revenge of the Sith one with Eric was just a little bit longer, but... It was, it was pretty long. This yeah. is awesome. You guys really like a movie talking together. It's, yeah. This is... Talk about bookends. This is definitely the second longest podcast episode I've ever been on, and the first was my first ever. So. Wow. Oh, nice. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, but awesome. this, this was fun, though. I, I could talk about Empire for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. So, I mean, we even had to skip over stuff that we probably could have kept going on. But um, I had a blast, guys, so I really appreciate it. Well, John. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, John. And, hey, now we have, like, proof in, in uh, you know, we have a recording proving that you can talk for yeah. hours about <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> all of us. It's all of us, man. Um, but, no, yeah, thank you. And, again, guys, check out. Go. Well, you know what, John? Tell the, tell the good people. Uh, well, hold on, hold on real quick. Uh you know what? No, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, it's really here. Um, I was trying to jump notes here, guys. Okay, pardon, pardon me, uh, John. You know what? Go ahead and plug where you where we can find you okay. and uh, what what the good stuff uh, you guys are doing over there and uh, oh the base the 
Yeah. Yeah. The, It'll, I'll get there eventually. The, yeah. The base is always <laughs> open. Uh, you can, you can find me obviously over at starwarsnewsnet.com. Uh, definitely hit that up every day for your latest star Wars news reviews, yes. editorials, information, and more. We have a great book and comic review team over there. Um, resistance broadcast. Uh, you can find us uh, on Twitter at R B A T S W N N. Uh, me, James and Lacey two times a week. And then the Mando fan shows every Friday, which you can mm-hmm. find on the star Wars news Net YouTube channel or Apple podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, Google Play, uh, everywhere you can get a podcast, I guess. Uh, and then um, uh, what else am I looking at here? Uh, yeah, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Uh, you can start at two bucks a month to join us over there. A lot of content there. And you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, uh, trying to do deep cut references to uh, weird movies and and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and occasionally, occasionally some baseball trash talk and, and, and of course, Star Wars. Always. Right. Um, if, if you haven't yet listened to the Resistance Broadcast, I would highly suggest it. It's the podcast that got me uh, into thanks. podcasting for Star Wars. And I know Jerry and I, we met because of the meetups that happen at Celebration. And John, uh, all, so cool. yes. it's, 100%. It's John I, I might say this too much to you, but I appreciate everything that you do. And Resistance is, <laughs> is one of the finest. If you... If oh, you, man. It, there's... You guys have a class operation going on over yes. there for sure. I remember the oh, old thanks. days thanks, of of the Star Wars wars with Pat and Bill, and I remember that. Like I yeah. love that. <laughs> but we've got we've we've now grown and we've seen you grown from being the the almost it was zany at one point to being this really sophisticated and you got great guests on and it's just uh oh thanks man. uh the patreon page is great if y'all haven't joined yet i'm sure half the people that listen to us listen to y'all and the patreon page is just fire right now and it's awesome if if you haven't if you haven't done it just take take that leap man come on you two proud patrons yeah uh, thanks guys yeah you guys are awesome man and now that we've buttered you up john <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, 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 no. No, again, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, guys, thank you. Yeah, it was a blast. I really appreciate it, guys. <laughs> and um, uh, you know, let's uh, let's do it again sometime. Of course. Heck yeah, man. Right. That is the plan. But um, anyway, y'all, thank you so much for joining us in this long episode about Empire Strikes Back. And longer than the movie itself. The movie's only two hours and like ten minutes. But um, <laughs> if we knew this would happen. Um, but uh, yeah, though, thank you for joining us. Bonus content, um, baby. I'm Scotty Jero. You can find me on Twitter at thescottjero. Um, we've got T-shirts on T Public. You can always check out our reaction videos at um, the Bombadcast's YouTube channel. Um, for any of my students listening, yes, get yourself a shirt. Um, it, the money doesn't go to me. Uh, wink, wink. Um, but um, I've had my students inquire about getting shirts. It's at tpublic.com. And go to bed. Uh, <laughs> type in the Bombadcast. You'll find us. You can always get a Make Solo 2 shirt happen from the Resistance Broadcast as well, which is a hot selling item and families wear them at celebrate uh, families sell them families wear them at galaxy's edge and like uh, those it, families buy them and hawk it, them at star wars it's, celebrations and it's, it's, it's a, you know it's a t-shirt insane. is popular when people are, are ripping it off and selling it on amazon exactly. with a different tweak design, so. <laughs> for real so yes i hate those people people are morons too <laughs> but um it's but thank you for listening if you are listening. yes if you are listening uh seriously but yeah no uh jerry um I guess do your thing and we can finally call it a night. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, guys, you know, check us out next week. We're going to be talking about Revenge of the, uh, well, no, gosh, it is late. Uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, once titled Revenge of the Jedi. But we will be talking about that lovely film full of furry little creatures. 
with Mr. Brad Whipple of the Friends of the Force podcast. So go check him out and get ready for next week, guys. We're guys, we are so stinking close to the rise of Skywalker. It's freaking the less than a month. Keeps moving, guys. It keeps We're moving. We're like so. Next week, next. I was looking. Next Sunday is December, so it's like it's <laughs> insanely close. So just, I mean, let that sink in, everybody. So here we go. All right, but you know what, guys? You can if you enjoy uh, my ramblings and and talking about uh, how like why the heck was Lando wearing he is best and. Uh, the, the shirt was just, it was the same exact color as all of Han's shirt. Why does Han have so many of the same shirt? Um, anyway, uh, you can find stuff like that on there. Uh, but uh, also, find me on the Bombadcast. You can follow us at Bombadcast. Uh, hang out with us and your stepmom on Facebook at the Bombad <laughs> family, uh, a Bombadcast official group. And other than that, guys, oh, thank you for hanging out with us for this uh audiobook sized podcast <laughs> and until next time stay bombay yeah.